Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Film Yak, our weekly podcast for movie discussions. I'm John. I'm Kevin. Jonathan. And joining us again, three weeks in a row, three weeks strong, Whoa. is yeah. our very good friend John Ryan. Welcome. Thanks for having me again. No problem. Trying to wear it out. When are we going to... I mean, it has to be said, John. When are we going to just go ahead and bite the bullet and say you're you're the fourth co-host? Come on. <laughs> um, are you prepared to make that commitment? No. No. <laughs> you put me on the spot. I'm, I'm can't handle that commitment. That pressure. Ouch. I don't know. Well, you know, it's, a, it's like a, you know, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> you want to okay. just keep, keep going week to week? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see at the end of the show if you feel like coming back next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this week we're going to be discussing Kevin's pick, Ken Russell's Lair of the White Worm, his uh, movie from 1988. Yeah. Which stars Hugh Grant and Peter Capaldi and uh, the girl from Frasier, whose name I can't remember. Amanda, Amanda Donahoe. Yeah, Amanda Donahoe. Do you remember her in Frasier, John? No. Yeah. She was also in Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. Yes, yes, she was. But she's, I, to me, more memorable in Frasier because I've seen Frasier a million times. But I've seen the episode she's in a million times. Yeah. She is uh, married to Marco. Come back to you at all? No. <laughs> Marco calls in and wants advice. Uh, he's not in love with his wife anymore, and Frazier encourages him to leave his wife. And she comes and confronts Frazier, and oh. they start uh, they start dating. And she is yeah okay. yeah yeah. So, but he can't consummate the message the affair because his moral ethics will not let him. His, uh, he, he gets, gets physically sick yeah. in the act of love. It's a very um, amusing situation. Is this a, an early episode? Yes, yeah. second season, first first or second season. Um, anyway, he still has the mullet, the skullet. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So that's what we're going to be talking about, as well as other stuff we watched. We have multiple feedbacks to get to. Mm, really? um, so, yeah, looking forward to it. Cool. Uh, how's everybody doing? Could be better. Could be worse. Uh, you right. know, summer, summer in Louisiana started, so yeah, it sucks. Yeah, yeah. it is hot outside. Uh, you know, we were supposed to record on uh, Friday. Mm-hmm. That's my mistake. I was uh, I was on running on about three and a half, four hours of sleep because of the baby, and mm-hmm. I just could not do it. I was like, I could go and record this podcast, but I literally will say like three sentences, <laughs> and everybody else is gonna have to do all the talking. So I might as well just not even be there. Yeah. But I'm back. I'm slightly better rested, and uh, I had time to watch at least one other movie. Mm. in between so that's good I and have more uh, movies than you yeah yes yes you do yeah. <laughs> it's incredible it's exciting oh, yeah i'm all i'm all for it i uh, i wanted to watch more stuff but i just literally have absolutely no time to watch hardly anything i mean i watched mm. uh layer of the white worm at like two in the morning while i was up with the baby so i have never heard this about having a baby at home they take up time (laughs) (laughs) a little bit a little bit um yeah pretty much anything that you uh 
you would think like, oh, the baby's going to go to sleep and I can hang out. But then the baby goes to sleep and you're like, I really want to go to sleep. So you sleep while the baby is asleep. And then when the baby wakes up, you wake back up. And then you watch live PD reruns. (laughs) But to say you watch them is more, you're not really watching. They're just on. Right. You're just kind of staring into space because you really want to go back to sleep. But the baby's not sleeping. The baby's up and you're up. Right. And if you take the baby and put it down, uh, she start, well, my baby anyway, starts freaking out. She doesn't want to be put down. She wants to be held all the time. Uh. <sighs> but, you know, only for another couple of years. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> she'll be a little toddler and she can uh, hopefully, you know. Fend for herself. Well, so hopefully she can just sleep through the night, you know, uh. at least. <laughs> Let one of us sleep in our bed. Because right now we're like, taking turns sleeping downstairs on the couch Ugh. it's pretty intense but you know it's whatever yeah. um that's neither here nor there i want to talk about a little bit of news uh posted on the i posted a link on the blog to uh the news that john woo is remaking mm-hmm. his own film the killer and recasted it with uh academy award-winning actress lapita nyong'o so uh gender a real gender bender mm. um <laughs> you guys, uh, how do you guys feel about this? Have, have we all seen The Killer? I have mm-hmm. not. I yeah. love The Killer. You do? You really? I love it. I watched it uh, not too long ago, and I, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> like, the action is, what? like, I understand the action is, like. It's all action. I mean, the action's not. Except, I don't except for the. Except for the non-action parts. It's all action. Right. I don't really even think the action's that great. I like, I like for me. And I, I granted I haven't seen a better Tomorrow Part Two in a long time either, but that one I remember blowing me away with the action, you know. Yeah, I've never the, seen that one. Oh well, and a killer. The killer is just like it's so like the acting is so piss poor that it really drags me out of it the whole time, is all. But I'm looking forward to a remake, especially since John Woo apparently he just re, uh, made a film called Manhunt. Have you heard of this? It's on Netflix, and uh, I watched the trailer today, and it looks hyper-violent and uh, very similar to his early 80s Hong Kong action ballet kind of shit that he does. Double 9mm Berettas uh, Uh. sliding on tables while shooting, things like this. So, looking forward to that. Uh, Yeah. Anybody, you you guys looking forward to this? Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to every... John Woo movie. That Do I you? Can, yeah. uh, Paycheck was a big, uh, big sight oh, about oh, Paycheck. Paycheck. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wind talkers loved uh, Wind Talk. Mission Impossible. I mean, ever <laughs> since he kind of came back with those red, red cliff side it. Yeah. Uh, those red. I, I didn't see I that. Those. those are good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Right. Well, I'm, I'm definitely into it. I mean, I want to see. A, I, I like to see a trailer, but yeah, I, I, I like the idea of him. You know, uh, of him directing the, the, the remake as opposed to you know giving it to some. American jobber who would no doubt butcher it. Mm. And uh we just watched the uh or well you guys just re just watched the Robin Hood trailer for the new Robin Hood film starring Taron Egerton and Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Who I'll have an amusing story about later when I talk about I'm <laughs> still here. But um what do you guys think of the uh Robin Hood trailer? This looks pretty fucking bad. I think it's a classic uh why does this exist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. How, yeah. how many times are we going to redo Robin Hood? Like 
until it's just gone. Was the last one uh, the Russell Crowe? Yeah, I think so. Was that 2011 or something? Yeah. Yeah, so like. Just stop. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, and like, especially after having just rewatched the uh, Errol Flynn version, it's like, why? I mean, (laughs) it's not going to be funny. It's not going to be clever. It's not going to have a great story. The action's probably going to be pretty shit. Uh, yeah, there's there's literally no reason to make this movie. Well, the reason I, I can see is that this is clearly, uh, you know, an, the next in a long line descending from First Night, starring Richard Gere, oh. uh, continuing on through something like A Knight's Tale and uh, more recently King Arthur. This, this attempt to modernize and uh, kind of uh, jack up the action element while reducing the violence to, you know, Disney levels for the PG-13 rating. Um, and, and an attempt to garner the dollars of the Marvel crowd, the Marvel-watching crowd. Yep. And I don't understand how a movie like this gets made after King Arthur, because King Arthur was a, a notoriously bombed. Right, yeah. Uh, and it cost lots of money. And it's surprising that this movie was even... I mean, maybe it was greenlit before that happened or something, but... Yeah, it's possible. A Knight's Tale didn't do very well either. Right. Right. I I don't know about about First First Night. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. Loved it, because I was like nine. But, you know, uh, I'm sure it's it's trash now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Essentially. But he shoots like what? 200 arrows in the trailer? Yeah, well, it's just like a, he's, he's yeah, like Legolas, like, he's like right? He's flying around <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, basically. It's got like the rapid Legolas. fire. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty lame. <laughs> just, yeah. Bullet time, arrow time. Bullet the, time. Uh, the Marvel crowd doesn't seem to want to go see these violent, modernized versions of actual yeah. books. Mm-hmm. They want to... Yeah, I don't think like, anybody oh, that, That's does. older than 1960? No, thank you. If you make, a, if you make a, a Hawkeye movie, though, about a guy who can shoot arrows really fast, starring Jeremy Renner, with a cameo from Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man... <laughs> You're looking at uh, at least 200 million in the first three days. So <laughs> it's uh, it's just strange how um, I was talking to my students today, actually. And I like where I was I was uh, we read a poem that had like a f- kind of fantastical uh, story within it. Like this like person, like this animal turns into a person and stuff. And they were like, oh, get it. I don't understand this. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And I was like, do you guys watch like you guys have all seen like Thor, right? And they were like, yeah, I was like. Okay, Thor is a demigod from another planet who gets transported to Earth to save Earth. Like, how does this make less sense <laughs> than that, you know? Oh, uh, I get that. That's a movie. It's like, okay, so if this was in right, movie form, right. you'd understand it. Yes. But they just don't. They can't wrap their mind around words on a page. Now, see, if you were, ki- <laughs> if you were giving the kids Tupac to read, then they'd be like, oh, yeah, poetry. No, they, no, they wouldn't because really? they, they don't know who Tupac is. No. Nope. Like, three of them do. And then the rest of them oh, are like... I, I have had no success shit. with the hip-hop as poetry yeah. tactic. Because oh. <laughs> it's work. not the hip-hop they want. If right. you gave them like some like... like like I don't even know what, what the fuck they listen to. Some, some like really... Young boy. Yeah, like young boy. Like some oh. shit like that. Like, right, right. You know what right. I mean? Like shit that's not poetic. <laughs> could yeah. not give that to them. Exactly. <laughs> shit that has like really terrible language in it. Yeah, and like yeah, offensive yeah. sexual comment. They, they love like the hardest shit you can think of. Right, that's right. That's what they like. Anything that's, like, got, like, I mean, like, uh, so much of their time is spent on their Chromebooks looking up sexually explicit images on Google, like, trying to offend or make their classmates laugh, (laughs) and then getting written up and subsequently suspended. 
It's just like it's insane. A lot of weed imagery on the on the socks. Yeah, they that's wear, right. They wear those weed socks. And the bu- and the belt buckles. Have you seen the weed belt buckles? All the time. They'll, and they'll like trade belts in the middle of the day. They'll just pull off their belt and give it to their friend, and their friend will give them their belt. Huh. It's really bizarre. I don't understand it. Especially because they don't tuck in their shirts, so I don't even know what they need a belt for. Yeah. Except to have the <laughs> weed emblem on it. That's probably it. My yeah. pants yeah. fall down without a belt. Mine too. Their yeah. pants fall down with in general. My pants fall down with, with, yeah, with my belt. When I go up my stairs at night, like my pants are on my ankles by the time I get up the stairs. I'm like, ugh. That's convenient. I just step out of them and go yeah. to bed. <laughs> Leave them in the hallway. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Robin Hood looks terrible. Uh, yes. But that's neither here nor there, I guess. Obviously, it's, you know, it'll probably make a uh, a fair amount of money that won't, won't cover its budget. And then they'll uh, still squeeze out a sequel yeah. a couple of years down the road. God. Or something, something randomly similar mm-hmm. that, you know, like. Robin's second cousin, fifty-eight times removed, and in slightly modern day, they'll move it to mo- they'll put Robin in a time time machine, modern sure day New York. Mm. Sure, there's some other British Robin Hood in New York ancient tale <laughs> yeah. like that that we could mine. Beowulf, Beowulf. Oh, it's been a minute since we did Beowulf. That's like right, ten years, right? Yeah, kidding. Yeah. King Arthur's court. A kid in King Arthur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reverse. Yeah. A King Arthur's Court and a Kid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess mm-hmm. let's move on uh, to what we watched. Uh, who wants to begin? I guess I'll start. All right. I have four. Actually, I've got four. Yeah. Okay. Hang on. You said you got more than me? I think, yeah. How yeah, many you're, you you're right. I've got like two actuals and then i've got one one that i finished half of and i tried to finish today and then i'm going to talk <laughs> about uh westworld season two. <laughs> how have you started i did is it oh, horrible that's huh is it horrible it's well we i guess we can okay we can get there later yeah well this will be quick um, answer that's that. disappointing <laughs> yeah i started the first episode so we can talk about that all right cool <laughs> um i these are all rewatches i rewatched uh dogtown and z-boys the skateboarder. Did you own thing. this on Blu-ray? Own it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not very good. Um, this is this just, is the uh, this is like a going out of sale buy. This is the the, the uh, fictional one or the documentary? No, this is a documentary. Okay, not the. What's the, the other Heath one called? Ledger thing. Yeah, what's that one called? Wasn't, that, wasn't Heath Ledger in that? Is that just called yeah. Dog Dog Town? Dog Town. Yeah, something. Yeah. Okay, he was yeah. like the the surf shop guy. Oh, um, that's a weird. Movie. I didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the story is pretty good. But, it's uh, about uh, surfers who become skateboarders. Yeah, it's about like a bunch of kids in uh, California in the early seventies, late sixties, early seventies who, uh, yeah, transition from surfing to skateboarding because skateboarding is completely out of style. It was kind of big in the sixties for a few years, and uh, they kind of revitalize it and they kind of change it completely. Like they do, they start doing tricks and stuff that was never before seen. And whatnot and so forth. Um, my biggest problem, though, is like it's the the way it's shot. It's it's like early two thousands, like horrible digital, <laughs> and like anytime there's a talking head, it's like this grainy digital black and white. Like it just it's like the worst looking documentary. Like the Ouch. the old footage is cool when they're like surfing in the empty <clears throat> pools and stuff, but man, anytime there's any like 
current footage, it looks horrible. Like the old stuff's like Super 8? Yeah. Most of it's all Super mm. 8 and stuff and uh, a lot of pictures and whatnot. Uh, worth watching if you're into skateboarding, but uh, as a documentary, kind of fails. I don't know. Not really that great. Bummer. Yeah, not as good as I remember. I uh, gave it a two mm. and a half. Kevin? Okay. Uh, let's see. I watched Little Caesar, the movie that made Edward G. Robinson into the actor that he became. And it also gave the Looney Tunes cartoons enough material on mobsters and gangsters for the next 20 some odd years. Every time you hear somebody talking like this, it's because of Edward G. Robinson and Little Caesar, see? Y'all don't care. What? No, I, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, remember, I remember those yeah. cartoons. Yeah. It was funny because uh, when um, Edward G. Robinson is also in uh, the Ten Commandments, and my old boss and I used to joke around like, Lesh and Ham, OJ, this is what's going to go down, say. <laughs> Who does he play in the Ten Commandments? Uh, good question. I don't remember. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so Little Caesar is it's a decent enough movie. Uh, Ever G. Robinson, he's not as great as he as he would be in later movies, but still pretty good. Gave it a three. Nice. He plays Dathan. Ah, yes. Who is probably not even a real person. Dathan. Um, I don't know. Well, uh, well, I guess you know. Let's just get into Westworld, I guess, because uh, I didn't really watch that many movies. So I watched Westworld's <laughs> uh, first two episodes. The third one aired last night. Haven't watched it yet. And uh, to answer John's question, is it terrible? It verges on terrible. It's definitely uh, out. It's definitely lost in its own mythos at this point. Like it, it knows how that it's perceived as this philosophical um, art oh, house God. show. And it's really which is stupid. Yeah, and it's yeah. really, really uh, focused on that this season. And no, I don't think I've heard a single line that was uttered yet that I was that I believed. I was like, yeah, that, somebody would say that. No, Tor- like no, these yeah. people talk like no one has ever spoken. Towards the end of season the one, history of man, it was so self serious and like just it was. Oh my god, dude! It was yeah. There was like no. I don't know. No redeeming qualities towards the end for me personally. And if you like, like if you like Evan Rachel Wood in the first season, you'll probably like want to kill her <laughs> in this season because she is just a total one eighty. She essentially is Ed Harris from last season. Like she's just like ruthless and like what speaking in these bizarre, uh, you know, <laughs> like this just really strange flowery language, you uh. know, about the reckoning and the you know. <laughs> The sky is bleeding and all this kind of shit. I don't know. It's just it's insane. Uh, so they're trying to be like Blood Meridian, only like. Oh uh, well, that's that's an insult, but yeah. <laughs> that, well, that's, that's, trying. I mean, even trying. even to put it in the same sentence. It, well, I mean, it's just like it's not it's not even that. It's like yeah, I'm sure they think they're operating in that kind of territory, but yeah, yeah. It's just the the problem is that it can't be like you can't have a television show. Uh, an episodic, you know, um, series that is telling a story and then also have it be uh, this deep and philosophical or attempting to be this deep and philosophical because there's no mm. time for that because you have to get to a next plot point. So it's like even so they'll have like a character uh, giving some kind of uh, poetic soliloquy while they're showing this other character doing something that progresses the plot 
and it's just so clumsy because it's like <laughs> you like you pick one or the other like what do you want to focus on here do you want to develop a character do you want to have a character have some kind of philosophical arc or something or do you want to show uh jeffrey wright refilling his head with the serum stuff because he's got to hide the fact that he's a, uh, a replicant or whatever they call them <laughs> so which is revealed in season one so i don't feel like that's a spoiler. yeah 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 i'm just I guess so, I wasn't thinking that I was hoping they weren't going to like hide that he's a replicant. Oh, he's hiding it for sure. Uh, nobody knows. Cause all the people that knew are dead. Right. Yeah. Right. I fucking, I watched the first season uh, a couple months ago and mm-hmm. I really, really disliked it. And then we got to the end and I hated it. <laughs> it was like, yeah. once I learned that no one had made a decision, that whole show besides Anthony Hopkins, I was like, why did you put me through this? Yeah. I had a lot of problems with the first season. Just like the whole, like they, they try to put you in some kind of ethical dilemma, which doesn't make any sense to me because it's like, like they're like, should, you know, they want you to ask yourself, should, should these people, should these replicants have rights? Should we be treating them this way? And it's like, uh, for me, I don't know how other people, you know, like bleeding heart liberals, probably feel like you know, like oh my god, <laughs> you know, Evan Rachel Wood is is basically a human. She's not though. She's like a cre- she's created in a lab. She's a robot. Do whatever you want to her. Like there's no there's no moral repercussions here. Like she's not a person. In she's an, in all, a thing. <laughs> all of her dialogue about the, like the reckoning and shit isn't that still just programmed nonsense? Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah, like how algorithm. can you exactly? How can you yeah, read anything yeah. into like? There's no way there. Like she didn't learn that, you know. She they've discovered what they are. I don't know if that makes them self aware though. I mean, it makes them self aware that they are robots. Wasn't but that programmed that. in them in any way to yeah, eventually think, become self aware? Yeah, I guess. So like it, that's. I, mean, I don't feel like, like that's one hundred percent. That's like hinted at. Yeah. yeah, that like Arnold did stuff. I don't know. It's really yeah, convoluted yeah, too. Like, There's so many characters to follow, and none, now they've introduced. Yeah. Uh, well, see, I don't even know. It, did, they didn't show Arnold in the first one, right? I think they showed like maybe like a picture of him or something, and like no, that's right. It's not Arnold. Never mind. I'm sorry. Uh, so oh, oh no, fr- uh, Arnold is based. Uh, Jeffrey Wright is Jeffrey based, Wright on, is based on, Arnold. on Arnold. He's like I knew that. I did. Arnold. I knew that. I just didn't know they were, they looked the same. But um, I know that. Uh, well, in the new one, uh, what's his face? Um, I the, the uh, English actor, Irish actor. I can't remember his name. He was in um, not Tyrann- Tyrannosaur older guy you guys know who i'm talking about do you see tyrannosaur, tyrannosaur? yeah he's been eddie marsan th- uh patty considine peter mullen ah, yeah right, right peter mullen is in is in it and he plays like the financier who started west like that that's the only i'd say that's the most interesting part about it is that they they do a lot of flashbacks to um like the beginning prior to westworld when they're trying to get financing for it and so there's a lot of uh you know the the two guys who become Ed Harris and the other guy. I don't know. Uh, Have they done the Shogun World, whatever? They haven't showed that yet. No. no. But no. I'm not. I don't know how interested I am. I'm not at all. I'm yeah. just asking. If it's, I mean, that's. I think that's that's, that's a cool idea. I mean, that's. I mean, it's not like it's their idea, but that's a cool. I, I think it'd be mm-hmm. cool to show the other parks, but I, I think they're way too wrapped up in in the whole, you know, the rebellion of these things at this point, and it's like I would have. I'd rather just. I wish we could have spent a whole season with them just in the park, enjoying the park and seeing what it was like. And I feel like you get like three scenes of that in the first season before shit starts to go haywire. Yeah, yeah. And there's so much more before we start to delve into this. I just feel like all the problems in the first season, 
that the characters had could have been easily solved. Mm-hmm. Like, just shut them down. I don't know. Just like, don't yeah. listen to them. I, 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 I yeah. Like know. when, uh, when, <laughs> like no uh, Andy Newton, uh, like is like <laughs> is essentially coercing those yeah. two, those two guys. It's like, just stop her. Just type type in a code and like turn her <laughs> off. Yeah. What do you do? She's like, you're going to do this. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and it's like they try to play them like they're you know a couple of weak willed you know. But it's, I mean, nobody's well, like, that. It, nobody's that stupid. I mean, I well, like, but didn't she have like one of them was like, like fucking her in anim, like inanimate, I'm version sure. yeah, and sure like, and like somehow she had recorded it so she could like blackmail them. Yeah, but even then, it's like so you're gonna help this thing like kill human beings. Yeah, I mean, yeah, give yeah. me a break. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. I mean, and like at that point, like what's really the worst that could happen to you? You could be fired. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it didn't seem like any of the employees ever went home. Yeah, like they had a home. That I think that would probably be one of the more interesting aspects. Like, is is all this taking place on a distant planet, or you know, because we know that it's not the Matrix. Because you know they go in and out of the world. What, so, how, what, what do you mean, like, like it's not taking place in the in the uh, in the West? In the like it's not West? like it's not taking place like in on Monument Earth. Valley. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I get confused about that because it, it seems unrealistic that they would have the park in Monument Valley. Yeah, it seems like yeah, it, yeah. it was like a giant dome or something. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. But it's something. like, where would that even be located? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And then I have a lot of problems with just like logistical shit, like like yeah. why their guns work now in the second season. Like they're able to just shoot people with their guns. It's like why would yeah. your gun work? Why would you be able to shoot a bullet? Why would, with a, yeah, real, why like, would a real gun ever enter this park? They have a throwaway <laughs> yeah. line about about the fact that they reprogram the weapons, but it's like how would you reprogram a gun to shoot a bullet? Like <laughs> and if it's a fake gun, yeah. Where are you getting the bullets? Yeah, I don't. It's, the whole thing is just yeah. really bizarre. Any of you guys seen the movie? Yeah, I, when I was a kid, yep. not okay. a long time, long, long time. Yeah, I yeah. remember thinking it was actually pretty decent. It it didn't get so far into like like the whole like philosophical thing of right. like you know. Well, it's you, just a straightforward like has, the robots go crazy and they start killing people. Yeah, right? it, it has no interest yeah, yeah. in the uh, yeah in the philosophical. But, yeah, issues. but also like even before then, it didn't show people like actively going out of their way to debase. And, you know, just abuse the replicants, you know, at every single opportunity. Okay, and that's and that's fair, but I, I don't have a problem with that because that that is absolutely what would happen if you had a situation. Oh, of course, like of course. Yeah. But like, like I would go uh, in and, and be I would be <laughs> Satan. Like I would do horrible, horrible things to these replicants uh. because they're nothing. It's they're, they're there to amuse you. This is on tape. <laughs> I, it doesn't matter. I mean, what difference does it make? It's it's like saying you would go to, you know, uh, a fucking um, it's like, OK, like saying like that a guy, fucking, yeah. that, that guy, <laughs> that guy was having sex with Danny Newton when she was yeah, yeah. inanimate. Right. Yeah. It's like fucking a fleshlight. Like, what is the difference? Like, she's not a person. Well, there are prostitutes yeah, yeah. in the I mean, they're like literally pros they're like programmed to be prostitutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. Well no, that like the, the, the <laughs> But you're not supposed to you're supposed to feel bad about fucking them. Right? I mean <laughs> I well, no, there's a yeah. certain point where like when they do become like completely not, not them they're not supposed to be able to feel bad. Like the characters aren't supposed to feel bad, but you as yeah. an audience member are supposed to look at them like, oh no, these poor girls. I don't think you're but supposed to they're not girls. They're like robots. Who gives a fuck about them? I don't think you're supposed to feel bad until they're self aware. 
then I think they really push the like. I think they're trying to make it disturbing, even in the first episode when the man when when uh, Ed Harris yeah, kills yeah. kills that whole family that's and everything. Yeah, I think they're true. trying that's to make true. you yeah, feel like yeah. he's the villain, which is effective. I mean, because when you first start watching, you don't know what's going on. So yeah, he seems yeah, like yeah. he's a bad guy. Yeah, and he's but when you find the out that James Marsden is not is a you know is a replicant, who gives a fuck? I, I, I lose lose all empathy for him. I don't care. He's a robot. I mean, it's literally the same thing as playing Grand Theft Auto and exactly. mowing down. Yeah, that's yeah. good. It's that's like good. Killing yeah. AI. Yeah, or thing. like what's or the difference? Crazy Taxi. Yeah, you know, <laughs> crazy. Literally taxi. the only, literally the only reason people played that was because you could crash p- into people and run them over. And I wish, I wish they'd go in. I wish the, just we're spending way too long talking about the show, but I wish uh, real quick that they would just spend a little time explaining why it's set in the old west. Like, if you had this technology, why not just make a real world, a real alternate world? Where you can go in and do whatever you want, wouldn't that be more appealing? See, personally, yeah. I, th- I think it would be safer to do it even further back, where there are no guns. Like logistically, like I mean, having guns, I don't know. And, and right. especially but if I you mean, could really program them and make them. But real, that doesn't even matter because the guns aren't insane. even the most dangerous part. What about the knives? Like, what if a replicant pulls yeah, up and yeah. picks up a knife? Like, yeah. what are you supposed to do about that? They can't make a f- like. What is the f- there are other knives rubber? I want a knife because I want to be able to stab the replicant to death if I need to, or if I want to. Right. It's just a r- very ridiculous. Idea. Yeah, the whole that thing logistically doesn't work at all. In the yeah, movie, yeah. in the movie, they have Roman world, and yeah, and the uprising in Roman world gets pretty bloody. Okay, nice. With, with no, I, th- no I think the yeah. amount of money that a, an actual Westworld would take, you could have yeah. taken one tenth of that and made a virtual world that would be just as realistic. Right. Yeah, and you're good. So you just put on a VR goggles you know and what? some sensory gloves and you're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> HBO, HBO wins the day because we're sitting here fucking talking about their trash. <laughs> so people are eating it up. They won't stop watching. That's true. I do, like other, I do like other HBO shows. Oh, like Real do, Time with too. Bill Maher. Yeah. And <laughs> Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Big fan of the Maher. Great shows. <laughs> Don't like any of their other scripted stuff. I, though, I, really. I like Silicon Valley a little bit. It's, uh, oh, I like Barry. Barry's okay. Have you watched Barry at all? I haven't started yet. I it's not start bad. It. Uh, it's, it's actually the action in it is very good. Really? Like there was a scene where he shot a guy and the guy was holding a bag of groceries. And it reminded me of Munich in that scene where they yeah. shoot the guy with the groceries <laughs> in Munich. Like he shot him and like the bag exploded. And stuff. It was really is good. It, it's it's really pretty cool. funny? Oh, it's very funny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's way, way funny. Because Silicon Valley is just tanking for me. Like it's just... <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't. I haven't funny. watched that show since season two, I so I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, neither here nor yes. there. Uh, Westworld, whatever. John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, um, you know, I got in trouble last week for mentioning the Disney police, so they arrested me and forced me to go see the Avengers. Uh oh. Oh, my God. oh we can really? both talk about this. Yeah, get, you're you're, you're a con- you guys it. are contributing factors to the uh the fact that it's the highest what is it like the fastest to a billion dollars yeah. or something in the history of man. I went to a nine fifteen AM showing. On that's, Sunday, that's the time to do it. And that's I was the time like, to do it. You know, I showed up like fifteen minutes before at uh Perkins Row where you had to like re- you know, reserve your seat at mm-hmm. the the ticket counter. Yeah. And I was thinking, I'll sit wherever I want. Oh no. Nope. <laughs> oh my god. The families were out at nine fifteen in the morning. I was like, "Don't oh, you people yeah. go to church?" I'm in Louisiana. They're, yeah, they all no had the same idea you had. This is yeah. church. Um, you know, I I'm sort of a Marvel movie apologist. Uh, and this one, this one was a little different than the other Marvel movies, but 
maybe not as good in some ways. Uh, you know, it's like two and a half hours of just fucking plot, plot, <laughs> plot, <laughs> exposition. They're so they got to explain so much because like they've had ten years to introduce this villain, and they decided they would just show pictures of him sometimes, and not explain anything. And so they spend so much time telling you what Thanos wants and how he wants it. They try to make him a sympathetic character. Doesn't really work. The Avengers are all split onto like different teams. Mm. So like constantly and I guess you, you you remember that most of these characters that are good guys haven't actually met each other. Right. Like Doctor Strange was an Avenger sorta of, because he's been in a movie and talked to Thor, but he doesn't know the other ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he and Tony Stark have never spoken before. Yeah. But they're like put on a team together. And sent to space. It's <laughs> with Spider Man. It's yeah. It's it's a mess. Yeah. Um, Spider Man in space. And, and you know, I I think uh, Spider Man with, I, with an Iron Man made suit. I'm so far gone that the name Spider Man pisses me off. It's like I like it's I don't I hate it all. I hate yeah. it all well, so much. There's a there's a great there's a great little bit in the movie that I think you would enjoy. Then wait, so there's he a Spider Man and an Ant Man. No. <laughs> Do any of these people? Uh, who's die? not in the movie? Uh, 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 well, yeah. we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. Uh, this, Spo- well, this you should really... probably say spoiler for this one because oh yeah, we're gonna be spoiled. Yeah, people I, are pretty things. pissed off. I wasn't about gonna the spoilers, yeah, and I wasn't gonna go yeah deep into the ending or very close to the ending. But I mean, this yeah. is a yeah. I just it doesn't have like all of the the personality of the other like just from like the the actors talking. So it's not a whole lot of. Of talking like you lose the these Whedon, guys don't, you know? don't banter very much. Fuck Joss Whedon. <laughs> hey, Whedon's the whole reason that Avengers is like that. Talky. I, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, but still, fuck but, Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and it's uh, I don't know. I think the action kind of takes a step back from the previous Avengers movies. It's a, uh, it's a little like just murky and dark and just sloppily edited. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I. It kind of plays. This plays like more like a comic book crossover series than any other comic book movie, which I liked. It reminded yeah. me. They said they got a lot of it from like Jim Starlin's Infinity Gauntlet series from the nineties. Mm. It reminded me a lot of uh, Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run. Like uh, it's probably almost ten years ago. I don't know if anyone does. Give this. some nerdy comic yeah? talk okay. here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, and then you know. Uh, you know, there's like a lot of talk about uh, how things will might end in this movie, and then uh, it gives an ending that I think is surprising based on what we've seen in previous Marvel movies. And definitely, and then it's like, I you know I know there's another Avengers movie coming, yeah, in the next year. Isn't that does that uh, okay? Uh, full obviously, I have not seen this movie. We'll never see this movie, but. Do know everything that happened because I could give a shit and I listen to other podcasts where they talk about these things. Yeah. <laughs> um, doesn't the fact that you know that not only is there another Avengers movie coming, but that Black oh, Panther spoiler. Black Panther was just introduced in a, in, the, in a billion dollar movie. Spider-Man's got a movie coming out next year. The fact that these things are happening doesn't it just undercut um, like any kind of like the the idea that you think that like there might be some kind of balls behind this decision. One hundred percent, yes. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's the decision to spoiler kill any of these characters is completely ballless. It's just like it's just like it's it's a way to say, look, we're doing something crazy here. It's going to be so shocking that these characters die. None of them are dead. Like it's bullshit. Yeah, it. I mean, it is, and I, I get the plot point because it does play like a comic, and it does. 
you know, add some fake stakes, but yeah, what everything you said is true. Thank you. And <laughs> you know, like I've read about like people like but it's crying funny, like you're the one stuff. who's choosing to care the most. <laughs> well, I mean, I I care because I I feel like people are people who are not at this table, uh the uh you know, the Marvel fans, the ones we were talking about earlier who are who might uh, be targeted to see Robin Hood. These people believe that this is a great film because of that decision. This is amazing. It's so fucking gutsy to kill Spider-Man off. Oh, my God. What a brilliant decision. Like, they've done nothing. And they, they made a simple choice. It's not gutsy, but I think in, in the moment it works as just, like, an end to this movie. Yeah, and this, that's like fair. This movie has a lot of problems, and I don't like it, but, <laughs> like, the ending is just... It's is effective in that moment, and then you leave and you think about it, and you're like, oh, that's, "That's stupid." Yeah, but while you're sitting there, it's okay. If you're crying, I'll laugh at you. <laughs> Kevin, did you uh, squirt a little with this one? Tears? No. Did you squirt something else? Uh, no. Okay. How yeah, did you feel about this one? I liked it. I thought it was like the thing that made it made a lot of it work for me was uh how funny it was and the fact that like up until now like the two previous avengers movie like they've been avengers movies and this one actually did a lot better as far as bringing in elements of the other movies to actually cobble it together to make the avengers movie um like you know there's obvious stuff from the most recent Thor movie, obvious stuff from Guardians of the Galaxy. So, like, it felt like a, like John said earlier, a truer crossover as opposed to just, we're gonna get all these characters together for one movie. But I did not mean that as a compliment. <laughs> I, 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 just, I didn't say that you okay. did! As I definitely thought that made it feel just kind of less coherent. It also... Well... Oh, keep going, sorry. Like... As far as the length of the movie, I honestly wouldn't have been upset if it was longer, if it had wrapped up the story, but uh, it definitely should have been shorter for what it was. Um, And yeah, a little, you know, few too many parallels, like, you know, couples trying to make it work and then, well, they can't. Um, But I mean, you know that going in, so you're like, okay, whatever. And, And you just go on about your day. Um... But yeah, and a lot of deaths that I didn't expect. Because, um, you know, obviously from the trailers, like, you're thinking, oh, this person's going to die, that person's going to die. And then, like, within the first five minutes, oh, okay. And then you go on and somebody else dies that you didn't necessarily expect. It's like, huh. Okay. And, yeah, then you just you just go on. But, uh, yeah, so I know is it's... it's it's certainly not the gutsiest movie. It's certainly not the best movie, but I'll give them credit for at least trying to do something different in a, you know, obviously kind of stale franchise. At least they're trying. It may not always trying work. Trying to make money and, and succeeding. Well, I'm sorry they're not super dark times, John. Well, they, they, <laughs> they, 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 there's no way that they could do anything like that. Well, no. <clears throat> Super Dark Nor Times was available it. on Netflix. <laughs> oh, <for sure. laughs> yeah, because it was this guy's best movie of 2017. It is. It's not just mine. It's the best movie of 2017. <laughs> Six out of five. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, right. uh, What'd you so give it out of uh, five there, John? I'll go uh, 2.75. Mm. 
It just, yeah, yeah just can't. It, yeah, yeah, you're right. It, they think there is some ambition, but just uh, the way they put it together is too too flawed for me. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like, obviously I didn't go in expecting it to be, you know, some, forgive my word usage here, marvel of an amazing movie, but it was entertaining. It does what it's supposed to do. What'd you give it? Uh, 4.25. Damn. Jeez. That's, <laughs> that's a high number. Jonathan? Uh, speaking of comedies, mm. I rewatched Tropic Thunder. Uh, <laughs> still funny. Three and a half. Um, you see how agitated he is? Seen this you movie, see this? Seen this movie like ten times probably. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised I still laugh at that. Let things. me ask you this about one scene in particular <laughs> yeah, yeah. and whether or not it, st- it holds up or is funny still. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, when... Uh, <laughs> You're laughing at the scene. When Robert Downey Jr. is uh, speaking Vietnamese at the end, and he's like messing up the Vietnamese. It's not that funny. That's not that funny. It's not that funny. Because that destroyed me the last time I watched it's it. Like, it's not that. It's, okay, whenever, like, okay, the, what almost killed me, I had to pause it, was when Robert Downey Jr. starts like talking about like the black struggle with the guy. It was like, it was extreme. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm going to go collar it up some greens or something like that. It was like insane. It was insane. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. is pretty funny on this. Um, when, when you were, when you were writing. Oscar nominated role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you were writing I Love the Pussy, were you thinking about dangling your dice on Lance's forehead? <laughs> uh, yeah. You're the um, Millie Vanilli of Patriots. <laughs> and I, honestly, Jack Black. Funny as hell. I like hit like all through this. Funny as hell. Ben Stiller, his face is just funny. I, I just, it's just, it's just so funny. This movie's so funny to me. I think we could all agree Tom Cruise's best acting to date. <laughs> he's that, very, he's very funny in it. He's very funny, but that was a little less funny this time around. Um, still, still funny, but uh, a little overhyped at this point. Yeah, Bill yeah. Hader is his uh, personal assistant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, How about McConaughey? Funny. <laughs> the TiVo. Tivo's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> you know. I need to rewatch it. It's been a while. My wife won't watch it with me. so Really? She hates it. <laughs> and it's not fun it's, to watch it like that by yourself. It seems you know? like a movie that could be easily hated. Yeah. but uh, Very controversial at the time. With yeah. the uh, black face and the, um, the retard uh, usage. Yeah. And Don't go full retard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we, we gave it an Oscar nomination. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they're making it up now. They removed Polanski and Cosby from the uh, from the Academy over the weekend, right? So oh yeah, yeah. They're trying. God, they're trying. Apparently, surprised Polanski did it. <laughs> That's what he said. I'm sure he could give a shit. I'm shocked. Not. Yeah, he's already yeah. got his Oscar. He's good. right. Well, did you give it three and a half? Yeah, three and a half. Kevin, uh, let's see. So continuing on an Edward G. Robinson kick, I watched Bullets or Ballots, and this is where Edward G. Robinson goes undercover to to usurp uh, this mob, and they're racketeering, running numbers. Um, he's a lot better in this one than he is in Little Caesar. His acting is a lot... Like, he's very, very subtle, and he's over the top when he needs to be. And uh, one of one of Humphrey Bogart's um, 
first prominent roles. Uh, it's funny because like later on when Bogart is in the Maltese Falcon, he's basically playing the hired gun that he's te- the same kind of character that he's teasing all through uh, the Maltese Falcon. Hmm. Yeah, another another three. Well, I guess I'll uh, talk briefly about uh, I'm Still Here, which I watched an hour of last night. Tried to finish it today at work, but um, my computer doesn't have any software to play DVDs. So, mm. like, even Windows Media Player wasn't working for that. I don't know why, but wanted to finish it but couldn't. But uh, did watch an hour of it, and uh, it's very, it's very, very I re- I've seen it before, but it's been a while. But it's it's very, very funny. <laughs> uh Directed by Casey Affleck, who famously went bankrupt and then (laughs) embroiled in lawsuits for sexual harassment because of this film. Um, Or because of things he may or may not have done during this film. Uh, And, uh, you know, about Joaquin Phoenix's uh, attempt at retirement and starting a rap career. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there's just this great moment where like, he's so adamant about being a rapper in it. And he's just so like he's trying really hard, but he's terrible. Like his raps are terrible. The way he raps is horrible. Like he doesn't know what he's doing. But then he gets really like petulant and like mad when people like tell him that he's not good. Oh. And then uh he goes to this club in Miami and he and Jamie Foxx is at the club and it's like right around it's like it's in oh nine, so it's I guess still he's riding a high on the whole on the whole uh Kanye collaboration and everything. And like they show him doing the gold digger song and everything, mm. and he sa- and he goes uh, and he's like pumping up the crowd, Jamie Foxx's, and he says, "When I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, he goes he goes when you see me, say Jamie motherfucking Fox, <laughs> it's like Jamie motherfucking Fox, and they start chanting it like the whole crowd's chanting Jamie motherfucking Fox, and then Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix grabs the microphone, he's like Joaquin motherfucking Phoenix, <laughs> <laughs> it's very very fun. and nobody's chanting, it's just him screaming Aww. it into the mic, it's very funny, uh." Yeah, I don't know. I'm really I'm enjoying it. I, I wish I would have finished it, but it's 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 definitely um very enjoyable to watch. And speaking of Ben Stiller, like he's in it, he comes to uh ask him to be in Greenberg as the Risa fans character. <laughs> and um they like have it there's like, like an argument about it and Joaquin Phoenix wants to play Greenberg and <laughs> Ben Stiller's like, No no no, I'm I'm Greenberg, you'd be my friend in the movie, you know. And then Joaquin Phoenix accuses him of playing a part while they're talking. He's like, he's like, you're you're like being the Ben Stiller yeah, guy. Yeah. Like you're you're joking around. He's like, no, this is I I'm me. I just and it's funny because when he even when he's doing this, like he is being he's like he's being Ben Stiller yeah, right now. It's right. very strange. Like he's got this delivery, you know. You can't help but do. I don't know. It's it's very very funny though. So I have no idea what I'll give it. I have to finish it first. Uh. And I guess I'll speak just really briefly. I watched a YouTube video. <laughs> Yeah, uh, called called sad. called the multiverse with David Deutsch, and I, I shared it with Jonathan. He said he watched it. Very very interesting though about um, parallel universes uh-huh. and time travel. Really really cool. Highly recommend it if you're interested in those kinds of things. Uh, it makes a very compelling argument for their the existence of parallel universes. John. <laughs> hey, I rewatched uh, Altered States. Ken Russell's classic from 1980, starring William Hurt what as did you, an asshole. I'm sorry, what did you watch this on? Just like a DVD, Blu-ray? Amazon. Amazon? Uh, yeah, I rented it for Prime. Okay, okay. I, w- I was looking for it as well and couldn't find it. It's on Blu-ray. 
Well, I don't. I don't have it on Blu-ray. We don't buy it on Amazon. All the Blu-ray. <laughs> Just buy it on Amazon. You could add it two days later. <laughs> and it's worth owning. John, is it worth owning? Maybe. No, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> this actually, uh, this went down. No. Oh. Yeah. See, see, is telling you why in, I'm in scared my, to rewatch things. In my head, this is like a four and a half. It yeah, is a, it is a um, four and a half. That was. I had it as a four. I remember loving it in college. Uh, but, you know, so William Hurt kind of goes down this rabbit hole trying to just, like, research consciousness. He's spending a lot of time in sensory deprivation tanks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he comes upon this Native American drug that helps him kind of get more <laughs> into the zone. Chugging that ayahuasca. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> So he starts getting these deprivation shanks and just like tripping fucking balls. <laughs> and uh, like he starts coming out and like there are like actual physical changes uh, in his body. Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous. No, it's, it is pretty ridiculous. I mean, it's so like, great. I, so the monkey screams. <laughs> trips so hard. He just so I, I'm, a fucking ape. Wow. I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely a fan of Ken Russell. I think this is uh, like this subject matter is, is not like any other Ken Russell movie I've seen. It, it seems to be more like sciency, mm. except that it's not at all. This <laughs> <laughs> is like 100% yeah. fantasy just involving some scientists. Right. Uh, but I, I, I think my issue came with, uh, my issue came with the fact that it is, it's really dumb, but like in a very fun way, but the dialogue is just, it's played so straight and serious that I'm just like, come on guys. Like we should be having a little bit more fun with this. Like, William Hurt is just so, like, I mean, he's good because he's, like, he's just, he's fucking serious. Yeah. He's just a serious asshole in this, and he's determined. And he's speaking so quickly in certain scenes. It's insane. Yeah. Like, the, the, he, the he rate Bob, at which he delivers certain lines. is. And he and Bob Balaban are just yelling yeah. over each other. <laughs> oh, my God. They're, just, <laughs> they're yelling very quickly over each other. And I, I wonder if that was just because, like, there's so much dialogue. Because, like, they deliver a lot of lines uh. over each other. I was wondering if Ken Russell was like, we got to we gotta get through this part. Um, <laughs> you just keep talking while he talks. <laughs> right. But, you know, um, there's also like a love story component that's kind of weird. Like uh, William Hurt. Like you see William Hurt fall in love with his eventual life, wife, Blair Brown, at the beginning. Uh. She's like this beautiful redhead uh, physical anthropologist. I was like, yeah, I would marry her. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um but then, like, we cut to six years later, and they're getting divorced. But uh, Ouch. the ending kind of hinges on their relationship, and I just thought that was like kind of a, a weird choice. Oh, see, I like all that stuff. I don't know. I really, I really dig the when when they're falling in love, and the um, like. My favorite scene in the whole movie is after they fuck. For the, I think it's the first time, and he tells a story about his father dying and how his father stopped believing in God, or, or he stopped believing in God because of his father yeah. dying, and just that like where he's like he says uh, he said one word and it was terrible. And I was like, that's so good. Like, that's such a good emotional moment. And it, like, bonds them and everything. And I like the idea that their their marriage falls apart, even though they have, because they have children. And he's clearly not in any position to be married or be a father. Like, he's just a horrible, yeah. like, one-track mind. All, kind of all that is true. But, and I also love the beginning where they're falling in love. Um, but, so it just made the ending not really work for oh, me. Wow. But I, I thought it was really funny that Russell uh, had... Blair Brown get naked for like she's like you know I'm taking care of William he's he's hurt so I'm gonna go sleep on the couch but I'm gonna do that naked <laughs> which is just a very strange like thing 
for me to think about. But then I was then the ending happened, and I was like, oh, she has to be naked for the ending to work, mm-hmm. and that's the only reason she was naked. And again, I'm not complaining that she was naked. <laughs> it just it was very noticeable that they had to force her to be that way. Uh, um, this movie also has some really cool, uh, like shitty '80s video effects. Oh yeah, that kind of. Uh, I like the I haven't makeup seen video too. in a long time, but it reminded me of video drum. Uh, makeup oh, was good. I like whenever he looks when he's taking a shower and he and his nose starts bleeding and he looks down and his feet are changing to eight feet. <laughs> like, yeah, I think <laughs> everything cool. everything visual in this is great. Oh yeah, and all the uh, yeah, like the just, the the, vis- the religious visions where it cuts the lamb's throat and the blood goes on the the gold Bible and he opens the Bible. That's amazing. That shit rules. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> the goat head Jesus on the cr- on the cross. Yeah, Russell <laughs> Russell has some. He's got some religious images he likes oh, to share. Sure. They're the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, <coughs> yeah. This is a. This, again, this went down a little bit. It's a. It's a three point seven five now. It just takes itself a little too seriously <laughs> for me. Well, still a really good know, movie. It happens. It's uh, it's amazing, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, uh, rewatch Predator. Um, my wife watches this like every six months probably so uh you're a lucky man i'm like in the back room and i'm just like on the internet and i just hear the the soundtrack she'll just like turn it up really loud it's like i guess i go watch it and i go up there and watch it uh, yeah it's it's fucking predator i don't know it's that alan Silvestri score is it's amazing um it's, uh, it's unbelievably good yeah and the action is great Everything is fantastic. This time of watching it, though, the towards the end, uh, actually the very end, the the fight between Arnold and the the Predator was just it was a little weak. I don't know. Me, c- explain weak. It's like like okay, they do like some weird editing, like you know, Predator takes off his mask and he does a raw yeah. You know? And, uh, ugly motherfucker. They use the same raw like later while they're fighting, and it just looked the noise. Weak. No, just hit like the scene of him like do, doing it again. Okay. And I'm just like, eh, this ah. is fucking whack. And uh, I don't know. Just, Explain whack. They're just like <laughs> <laughs> they're just like punching each other. I don't know. It just it just yeah. But isn't that's the whole point? It's like it's, just, it's like now they're like he. Okay, my dad always ex- would explain this scene to me when when, when I was a kid. <laughs> Because, you know, as a child, you don't know what the fuck is going on in yeah. the movie. And he'd be like, so, you know, this, in this part, Predator, the Predator alien, is so impressed with Schwarzenegger, and with Dutch, that he's going to throw all of his weapons away, and he's going to fight him hand to hand. That's yeah. how much he respects him as a warrior. Yeah. And it's like, and he's like, and even though Schwarzenegger is, you know, Mr. Olympia, he's fucking ripped up to, he's, he's shredded the fuck up in yeah, this movie. He's shredded. Yeah. He can't do anything. Like, he hits him with all his might and doesn't do shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, visually is what I mean. Like, when, you know, it's like, he'll, like the Predator will knock him back, and it just, it just doesn't look that good. I don't oh, okay. know. It's, right. Maybe it's just, per, like, a personal thing, but not as good as I remember okay. it being. that's fair. Um, but yeah, all the, you know, minigun scene and shit with <laughs> Bill Duke, I mean, it's, it's yeah. amazing. Is it, it has to be said. I mean, I know we, we've, we've spoken about this before, but I feel like it, it, it's it's necessary that there be a constant reminder of how good John McTiernan is at directing action. And, and like, the fact that he, you know, he's been in jail for so long that he's not, like, he hasn't directed a film since, what, Rollerball or something. But it's was like... It basic? Was I think Rollerball was, was after Basic, No. Uh, or maybe basic was after it. I don't know. But anyways, uh, the fact is 2002, 
<clears throat> and uh, it's just a shame because he was he was he's like the last of the greats, you know. And uh, speaking of like John Woo earlier, I mean, I think uh, McTiernan is at that same level skill wise, and I wish he would um, make more films. This movie also has to be like the most testosterone movie ever yeah like easily goddamn sexual tyrannosaur it's like kind of ridiculous i mean it's <laughs> yeah. just it, I, I laughed I, I i think i laughed more in this than in and then in uh tropic thunder i'm not gonna lie i ain't got t- <laughs> i ain't got time to bleed it was yeah. just like all the one-liners what's the matter cia got you pushing too many pencils <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah it's legendary yes um are you uh psyched about the the yeah. uh the new I am psyched. predator film I am, i'm mm. very psyched for it um I'm I'm mildly psyched for it. Uh, what's his name? Is Shane Black? Is mm-hmm. directing? Yeah, writing and writing directing? and directing. Okay, the glasses glasses guy. I'm yeah. excited about that. Uh, Iron Man three director right there. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty gross. Sweet, I'll have to check out <laughs> Iron Man three. No, it's a piece um, of shit. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't <do> that. <laughs> uh, watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Watch uh, the Last Boy Scout and just. Oh, I'll get Last Boy Scout. Do you want us to write these down? Yeah, please <laughs> take some notes. Um, yeah. Have any of y'all seen the college humor video, Predator the Musical? No. no. It's worth checking out. Hmm. <laughs> Whatever. I, I, it's using I'll the give, trees, I'll give it 10 watching seconds. and waiting, <laughs> killing us off one by one. <laughs> I like how they pick up on the fact that like he won't kill anybody that doesn't have a weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he really not kill the woman. That was the shit. I yeah. just love that kind of stuff. The forest. <laughs> See, now it's going saying, back up. Seeing the forest, <laughs> it came alive and it took him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <What> Bullshit. <laughs> that's not what you said. What you said didn't make any sense. Carl Weathers is great. Bill Duke's great. Everybody's oh, great. Everybody. In this Bill movie. Duke is, is. I'm sorry. He he is. He's probably my favorite in this because he, he's just he's so manic and shit. Like yeah. The, and he's like running up the hill, just like talking to himself and just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're having some fun. Yeah, we're having some yeah, fun. That's what he say. I was going to ask him. What, what did he say? I'm having some fun. I'm having some fun. <laughs> <laughs> like I, yeah, and, yeah. I think my favorite part of the movie too is whenever, uh, yeah, Bill Duke's like he's like hunched down and like they're like watching him from a distance. Him and uh, uh, Carl Weathers. Weathers. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> he just like points to him and they're just like standing there watching him. It's crazy. Good. good stuff. What'd you give this? Four and a half. No, oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, so I rewatched Spartacus. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to do my Stanley Kubrick list for this time because mm. I still need to watch uh, Full Metal Jacket again because I haven't watched. I've only seen it once, and that was like at least three or four years ago. But uh, like the funny thing about Spartacus, it's it's another one of these Stanley Kubrick movies that I feel like could have been made by just about any other director at the time. There's nothing to me that makes it seem like, oh, that's a Stanley Kubrick movie. Like, it's a big um, studio picture, right? Yeah, and he was hired big, to do it, right? So. Yeah, and he was actually like, he wasn't the first director on the project. I don't remember the guy's name, but uh, like the whole beginning scene where um, like Spartacus bites the guy's calf and they're they're gonna let him starve to death. All that was shot by somebody else, and then Stanley Kubrick took over. I think because of uh, uh, Kirk Douglas. Um, wow. Yeah, but uh, like it's Anthony Mann. Anthony Mann. It's, uh, who had done a few uh, 
kind of big epics like this at this point. Oh, okay. Um, Kirk Douglas is really good in this movie, but um, Lawrence Olivier and Peter Ustinov are on another level. Those guys are just so fucking good. Um, and Charles Lawton, he like Charles Lawton was a lot better than I remember. Um, but yeah, like so so much of the acting in in this is so great. I don't think the movie needs to be three hours, but you know it's it's one of the it's one of those it's one of those biblical epics, and it's got an overture and an intermission, so it's of course it's got to be three hours. But um, what else? Uh, what year is this? Fifty six. Uh, no, I think it was nineteen sixty. Yeah, sixty. Sixty. Yeah. Uh, Ouch. I've never even seen it, so. Oh, okay. Owned it for um, many years. Yeah. Never watched it. I uh, I I hope uh, it. I hope Criterion will come out with a Blu-ray of this because the uh, Universal Blu-ray it looks okay, but I honestly remember the Criterion DVD looking better than what they have out. Um, and I also remember Criterion did a interview with Peter Ustinov and. He was talking about how, like, there was some point in the filmmaking where Kirk Douglas, like, he was leaving somewhere. He got into his limousine in, like, full Spartacus gear. <laughs> and uh, so he gets into the back of his limousine. He he falls asleep. The driver stops to get gas. And... While he's getting gas, he doesn't realize that Kirk Douglas got out of the car to use the bathroom. He sees some extra rags in the back, and he thinks Kirk Douglas is still in the back of the limo. So he drives off, leaving Kirk Douglas in the middle of nowhere, dressed as a Roman slave. (laughs) And it's also funny, like, Peter Ustinov, like, apparently there was uh, some, like, tourist group that was coming through, and somebody, somebody stopped and asked him, what is what's the name of this picture? Uh, Spartacus. Spartacal. That's a funny name for a major picture. And, and like his impressions of Charles Lawton and Lawrence Olivier are hilarious. And he uh, in also in that interview he points out something that I I've like noticed on pretty much every movie that's similar to Spartacus. Like he points out that Spartacus was like the first secular film. Because, like, in pretty much every other, like, Roman epic, at some point, usually towards the, like, last three or four minutes of the movie, Jesus shows up, or <laughs> somehow it's through the Christian gods' influence that things came out all right. But in Spartacus... It's Jupiter. That, yeah. Jove. Yeah. Zeus. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Have you seen uh, four stars? Have you watched Sopranos? No, I haven't. A great scene in Sopranos uh, <laughs> in season three, where uh, Ralphie is super obsessed, played by Joey Pantoliano. Uh-huh. He's obsessed with a uh, gladiator. Oh, he loves love gladiator, and so they tell him to watch Spartacus. I'm just going to play the scene real quick because this is very <laughs> very funny. This is a great gladiator movie. Look at Kurt Douglas's fucking hair. 
They didn't have flat tops in ancient Rome. <laughs> what do you want to drink, baby? Give me a fresca. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I need to realize that shit. It's a great, great show. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's just what I think of when I think of Spartacus. I think of Ralphie hating Spartacus. <laughs> well, also, uh, me, myself, and Irene. Oh, what? he sure is a Spartacus looking motherfucker. <laughs> isn't that, he? I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, and also, uh, that thing you do, how uh, the drummer keeps saying, I'm Spartacus. It's like his catchphrase. Oh, okay. What's, I forget who the actor is, but um, Jewish-looking guy from La La Land. That doesn't narrow it down. What's his name? Come on. He marries Emma Stone at the end. Didn't oh, see it. I, I had no idea who that guy was. On purpose. Come on. Okay, anyway. Sorry, sorry, dude. Anyway, big actor in the 90s. Uh, anyway, I watched uh, Savage Messiah for the first time, directed by Ken Russell from 1972. It's my third Ken Russell movie I've watched ah. until I watched Layer of the Right Worm, and then that was the fourth one. So... Um. Yeah, I liked Savage Messiah a lot. It's uh, about an artist, a sculptor. Well, he's really—I mean—he draws a lot too. And he, but he becomes a sculptor, and uh, his name is Henri Godier Brezka, Brezka. And his—he uh, took the name of this woman that he like. I don't know if it's fair to say he fell in love with her. I guess he did though. But they have like a completely like platonic kind of thing going on, and uh, she's like twice his age. And the movie's about their relationship, essentially, and his um, attempt to infiltrate the art world and become an artist. And it's quite good. It's very well made, and the acting is very good, very enjoyable. And I read your review from a couple of years ago uh, about how Scott Antony, who plays Henri Godier essentially yells all of his lines and it's true (laughs) (laughs) it's true he does yell the entire movie but it's it is endearing and it's uh very enjoyable and by turns like uh affecting and profound and very amusing at times and the woman in it whose name escapes me but the actress is phenomenal as well she's great in it as the uh the other breshka the sophia sophie Something. Yeah. Right? I don't know, but she's great in it too. And uh, yeah, I thought I should like the whole thing. I like. I really liked it. as a, as a biopic about an artist. It was very unlike biopics hmm. about artists. Yeah, the it's, fact uh, that it focuses on their relationship, I think, is really smart. Like as opposed to just showing here's the here's that here's the time in his life when he did this for the first time. Here's the time in his life when he sold his first piece. Here's the time like there's there's this other like broiling relationship going throughout the entire thing and they don't they they i would say they they get along as much as they don't get along like they're half the time they're like fight they're at each other's throats and they just hate each other's guts <laughs> and the other half of the time they like love each other and they're cuddling and shit it's, it's very um it's very interesting and i loved the scene when they stole the marble from the graveyard and made the statue overnight yeah because he had to he had to prove that he wasn't lying about having sculpted something I, I think amazing. that is the moment where you're like, okay, I can do this performance or I can't do it. Because right. like it's just five minutes, of like this montage of him making the statue and just talk yelling his way <laughs> through the whole thing. Like wow. he knows, he knows like his the people with him are like trying to go to sleep, but he can't. Like he has to talk while he while he sculpts, uh. and he's just he goes on these. I don't I don't call them like philosophical monologues, but they're almost like accidentally philosophical, yeah. where he's just like. 
he talks himself through everything a lot of his like more political like like politically driven art discussion like at like the very beginning when you first see him uh and he he's yelling about the statues and everything and how offensive they are and and then the scene in the louvre when he's jumping on top of shit and stuff it's like all, <laughs> all that stuff's great i mean yeah i don't know how like legitimately profound it is but it's it is still interesting and it's very fun to watch how do you feel about uh helen mirren i i thought her uh you know Helen Mirren is the weirdest part of the movie for me because she's I think I I, uh, did the math and she's 27 in this movie and she is naked for a very long scene uh, completely naked and it's like it's very uh, like there's a lot of cognitive dissonance because I'm attracted to her body she's very attractive but she has Helen Mirren's face and it's like she looks like Helen Mirren, like old Helen Mirren, except <laughs> yeah. young. And it's just very bizarre. And you're like, I feel like I should be looking at this woman's breasts because she's Helen Mirren. You know, <laughs> it's very it's just it's like when I watch um, I used to be a huge fan of uh, DeMille's uh, Samson and Delilah and Angela Lansbury is just absolutely gorgeous in this movie. But uh. it's Angela Lansbury. <laughs> you know, it's like you have this image of her from murder. She wrote and you right. can't it's hard to look at her when she was 25, you know, and admit that she's good looking. She is. But it's just weird. And it's the same thing with this one for I, me. And I really meant more about like, her character. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just that's the uh, I mean, you know, I, her. Yeah, <laughs> she plays an annoying bitch really well. Yeah, it, well, I just as as far as annoying bitches go, I really like the way this one is, is written. Where it's like you initially like she comes off as like really independent and political, right. and you find out that she's like a spoiled daddy's girl. And right. the way that whole thing plays out is uh, it's really fun. Yeah, I liked all that. Yeah. And, uh, that was good. I really dug the. I wish they would have spent more time. Like, I don't want the movie to be longer or anything, but I wish it was. Sh- I wish they would have shown him at war. Like the f- he went, he goes into World War One at the end. I wish they'd have shown more of that. Like that, yeah. I think that's like that would have been interesting. Like the fact, like when they talk about how he carved the, uh, he carved the the butt of the gun into an art piece. I was like, that's cool. Like I would like to have seen that. You know, like seen us. Like how does, how does an artist, uh, interact with common soldiers? You know what I mean? Like that. That'd be an interesting. I don't know. Kind of mm. could be cool. Yeah, I, I, but I, I did like the letter. I like how it was revealed what happened. And how there's like the, he should be shot, and he's like he was. <laughs> like that. Yeah, the uh, was good. The reveal of that really played into just like throughout the whole movie, every like life moment is downplayed, and mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, in favor of this relationship. Um, so even that, like he doesn't get right a shot at war scene. He gets right. a letter with some asshole talking about him. <laughs> oh. And and I even liked uh, Ken Russell kind of kind of did like a good version of a Steven Spielberg ending. With like the montage of his artwork at I an love exhibition, that. I loved that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was and great. It wasn't just like the wrap up of all his good art, like Steven Spielberg would do. Like they made it like a like after he died, they had like this expo- ex- exhibition, yeah. and and Breshka's there, and she's having a moment. And uh, I thought it was like it was really, really it was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very emotionally effective yeah. and uh, really well done. Yeah. I cannot think of a better uh, biopic, by the way. Hmm. I and I, I I guess I don't I don't like many, yeah. But I I love this film, and I guess uh, I'd also recommend. He has another one about uh, I think it's, is it Tchaikovsky? 
called no. the, the Music Lovers. Who's oh, that about? No. I thought you were talking about a Moeller film. He did uh, Moller yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I like I like uh, Moller or Li- Moller, but Listomania. The uh, the Music uh, Lovers list- oh, is yeah. really okay. really good. Another. Have you seen Listomania? Not yet. No. That one that one scares me because that's the one with Daltrey, right? It's got Roger Daltrey. In yeah, it. yeah. Oh, that's, God. The, it's freaky. I don't know. Have y'all seen Tommy? Blitz? No, I haven't seen Tommy. Uh, I hate Roger, the Roger Daltrey plays Blitz. I guess. Uh, he, he plays um, yeah List. Oh no. Yeah, because apparently List was a rock star. Yikes! I just <laughs> I can't. Seen that one yet. I just not a. I'm not a. I, I'm like. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not just not a Who fan. I like actively dislike the Who. That's just really weird. You should not see Tommy. Yeah, I don't think I could handle it. I've seen the scene where uh, <laughs> Elton John does Pinball Wizard on TV, uh. and that's brutal. So I. I don't know how I'd feel about the rest of it. You don't want to see Anne Margaret bathing in baked beans. That that's tempting. God. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, it's fucking Anne Margaret. Yeah, big beans. But if you don't like the I Who, don't, I don't. I don't <laughs> if think you don't like big beans, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I gave Savage Are they Messiah big beans. I yeah. gave I gave Savage <laughs> Messiah a four. I liked it a lot. Is it, sorry, it's me. It's me. Okay. We're going yeah. around the table. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking. I just <clears throat> talked about Savage Messiah, so it wasn't my turn again. But it is my turn. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I watched a movie from 2017 called In the Fade, which is a uh, a German movie that got uh, got like a, an awards push at the end of last year uh-huh. for Diane Kruger's performance. Huh. Which is a uh, which is an intense performance. Um, and you know, I, I guess it's it's hard for foreign foreign language uh, actresses and actors to get a spot, but. Uh, um, she didn't deserve it anyway. But, uh, <laughs> this was made by uh, Fatih, Fatih Akin, who did uh, Head On and The Edge of Heaven, which were like, like indie film darlings from I don't know, like 2004 and 2008, respectively. This was like a this guy was like a director critical critical darling of 15 years ago, and he like disappeared he made like one <laughs> film that no one cared about and no one never gave a shit again uh but it's uh it's about diane kruger's uh turkish husband being uh killed with like a like a small terrorist attack outside of his office and her son is killed also and the film like divides up into three parts it's like the police investigation of the bombing the trial and then uh post trial all of them are kind of given equal length except for the trial which is forever because I don't know, because mm. it's 1935 again, and we think <laughs> trials are the most dramatically compelling thing in the world. Right? They're not. They're not. Um, yeah. Uh, this is kind of just like a. It's like a racism is bad movie. Hate crimes are bad movie. It's like the Mes- people message movie. Yeah, the people that killed uh, the husband are are neo Nazis and. Like How the, much like The Foreigner is this movie? I haven't seen The Foreigner. Okay. Or like Collateral <laughs> Damage with Schwarzenegger. I haven't seen Is that it either. a revenge kind of thing? I think the trailer kind of made it the, out to the look trailer like... Plays, so that's yeah. the third section. Okay. Oh. Um, there's like there's no hint of that until the trial. And so again, like the, the police are trying to to investigate this like the Turkish guy was like politically active and like possibly a terrorist himself and then they're like, well, you know he had he has like priors for selling weed so it's got to be like a drug world mafia thing and it's just like 
no nazis bombed the fucking place and then in the trial it's like the uh the defense lawyer is bringing all the same shit up again and you could tell the judges or like they kind of share some of these like foreigners are bad thoughts and you know you could see the you could just see the not guilty verdict coming from a mile away spoiler alert, sorry you'll never watch this <laughs> <laughs> um and it's it's like no amount of like cool dolly shots and tracking shots through the courtroom can make it interesting <laughs> it just like drags on forever oh. and like the only thing you have are like these scenes where dan kruger freaks out and uh I really like Diane Kruger. Mm. She's definitely the best part of National Treasure. But um <laughs> That's she, not good. She is good at She it. can't uh I I don't know if it's the director or her, but she just <laughs> she is asked to overact her way through these scenes and I I just I couldn't get with it. Um and then we go into revenge mode and uh. the movie gets more exciting but not better. I don't know. <laughs> like what she does ends up being kind of ridiculous and mm. you know there are some things that are like kind of held for tension and yeah there mm. yeah whatever there's re- revenge happens um you know most notable thing about this movie was really i noticed a queens of the stone age song on the soundtrack when they were in a bar and then the credits rolled and josh homie or homie home was the uh composer of the score Huh. So that bumped it up for you, right? No, no. no. <laughs> the, the score, the score wasn't very present until the uh, till the end of the movie. Until uh, that song it became like a little obvious. Uh, what'd you give this? It's a it's a two and a half. It's, uh, and really, I watched this because, like, this guy's older movies, like Head On, especially, is like a fucking amazing movie. Mm. Um, and I was like, why'd this guy go away? But apparently, he's just making boring message movies which sucks right that's probably not fair it's not, probably not fair to call this a message movie uh, this guy like he's turkish too there's probably some emotional investment yeah. from him all right all right jonathan all right i um i can't stand these headphones like i want to hear myself but they're the worst headphones ever um rewatch aliens uh, i'm gonna blame my wife again for that one um, she was watching it last night, so I watched it. Um, She's on an 80s, uh, late 80s action yep. sci-fi She's kick. She's re-watching them all. Um, it's aliens. I don't know. It's, you know, it's it's great. Um, How great is it, though? Better than Alien? Uh, no, nah, I don't think so. For me personally. I, I like think it. they're too different. Like, yeah, they like are you got to judge them on yeah, but if you, like, I think different I'd, criteria. But, I mean, one's a sequel to the other. It's easy to say, you know, which one's better. Sometimes I'd rather watch right. Aliens. Sometimes I'd rather watch Aliens. You know, I don't know. They're different. Okay. Like, like Kevin said. Um, my only complaint really is, like, the miniatures they use in some scenes are really when the ship When the ship yeah, breaks up. It's uh, crazy obvious. And the uh, the rear projection of that, that scene. Yeah, it, it doesn't look all that great. <laughs> I love um, it. Uh, <laughs> would you rather it be CG? Hell no. Okay, but, uh, there we go, right there. Yeah. Done, done. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, there's really, I don't know, not really a lot to talk about. It's, it's Michael great. Bean. Michael Bean. Unbelievable. It's, it's all it's great. Hicks. It's all good stuff. Um, Bill Paxton. I say we take off. 
Nuke the site for more of it. It's the only way to be sure. Game over, man. Game over. Yeah, Bill Paxton is pretty hilarious in this. Yeah. Um, Sigourney Weaver is great. Extremely good. A yeah. uh, completely unsexual uh, female. Not completely. Completely unsexual. She's in her underwear a couple times. But for the most part. Yes. Oh, at the beginning? That's not sexual, though. It's like gray, isn't it? It's like gray granny panties. Like in the first one, she's wearing like borderline like a thong that's like two sizes too small for her. Yeah. yeah. I think it's obviously she's being sexualized at the end of the first one. We were just talking about this before. Yeah. Like he had said, he had asked me over dinner once, like, can we think of movies with female, like action female people who aren't sexualized? Oh, yeah. And we came up with aliens in that. Sicario. Well, not well, yeah, Sicario, but also Emily Blunt uh, and Sicario is not sexual at all. Diane Kruger in in the fade. <laughs> <laughs> That's an action movie. At the end, okay. Oh, well. What's that Soderbergh movie? The, Traffic. No. It's <laughs> oh, Haywire. 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 Yeah, yeah, she's not. Oh, right. I, don't, I don't remember her being very not really uh, no. sexy or whatever. I think they put her in a, a dress that shows her cleavage once, uh, but she, then she ends up beating the shit out of Michael Fassbender. So right, but yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is the prime this example. This takes the though. cake, though. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is, yeah. She is. Uh, I think she's honestly badass. even made. She's kind of made to look unappealing at certain points. I mean, just the way she's presented. She's not. I, I mean, I don't know for sure, but she she doesn't look like she's wearing any makeup yeah, at yeah. any point in this movie. And uh, what's what's the name of Terminator the, uh, Two? Also, Linda Hamilton. Oh yeah, very yeah. masculine, uh, muscular. She's got. You know, it's just the yeah. James Cameron. Yeah, it's his his, his, yeah, his, yeah. his kind of woman. You know? Yeah. What's the name of the uh, the woman space marine? Vasquez. Vasquez. Vasquez, yeah, yeah. yeah. Played Love brilliantly by Jeanette Goldstein. Any scene with not Vasquez Hispanic is the at shit. all. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's amazing. Yeah. She was she's also in uh, Terminator too. Yeah. <laughs> what's her buddy in the movie? Like the dude that she That guy is in name? The Departed. What is his name? Uh Drake is his name in the movie, but I love any of their interactions in Alien. I can't oh, remember yeah, the yeah. actor's name. I was just reading about him the other You're day. So bad, what's, Vasquez. <laughs> was wasn't that also the the guy from uh, Shawshank? Yes, he's right, the, right, the right. Uh, rapist in Shawshank. Right, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Boggs. Yeah, he gets his shit yeah. kicked out of him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good movie. Yeah, uh, what'd you give it out of five? Give it a four and a half. Uh, see, that's um, that's to me that's ludicrous. Yeah, it has to be just, five. <laughs> like I said, I, I'm really, I'm like a special effects snob, I guess. Like if it looks uh, if it looks shitty, yeah. At but any this point. has like top tier special effects no, for 1986. Dude, some of them look like like. They just look like miniatures, like really hard. Well, like, they are miniatures. Yeah, but it's like they could have done, they could have made them a little bigger. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I remember. Uh, like, they just look like action figure mm-hmm. toys. Uh, like it's pretty. I remember uh, loving this movie when I was a kid and then uh, rewatching it, like the first time I watched it as an adult and realizing that it doesn't have, it only has two scenes with human blood in them. Like it's uh, not violent. Like it is very violent, but it's not graphically violent on the human mm-hmm. side of things. Right. Because the only two, like, there's only the scene where the, the alien, burster thing, the chest burster yeah. and the woman who's yeah. on the wall, and then the scene where they they kill the pilot in the, uh, oh, and there's yeah, like blood yeah, on the yeah, yeah, yeah. on the uh, oh, yeah, window. Yeah. But there's really no other human blood in the film. Yeah. Because like anytime somebody dies, it's just like they get dragged off, or like they explode or whatever, or they get acid thrown on them or whatever. So it's just mm. not really. Yeah, and the aliens look fantastic. Oh yeah, yes. I, oh, I yeah. love it when the queen like makes the two like henchmen uh, aliens go like go away. Yeah, she, like scares them off. <laughs> I like it when uh, they run over the alien with the car, yeah. and there's like the steam and everything. See, that looks good. That, yeah. look, looks that looks good. fantastic. Yeah. Um, Ease down, yeah. ease down. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's a great movie. Yeah, uh, 
It's incredible. It's five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. So I watched Suburbicon. This mm. is a fucking terrible movie. <laughs> Have you seen this, Sean? No, no. It's it's really actually kind of wanted bad. to watch it. Isn't it's this really, like a? I thought it was really bad. Story or written bad, by the Coens or something? I think yeah. The like Coen the uh, on IMDb, like uh, the writing credits are the Coen brothers and Clooney and Grant Heslov. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder does that like do Clooney and, he- and Heslov write it and they're just like they send it to. The Cohen's like see if, see if you can spice it up a bit. Can you Cohen this up a little? That's bit? That's the Cohen's like whole thing now, I right? Think, though I mean they're they're like hired guns at this point. Essentially, they wrote Bridge of Spies and uh, yeah, that other they, didn't they do something else like that? Like uh, oh, uh, the fucking um, Angelina Jolie movie they wrote about the World War Two foot race guy. Oh, Unbroken. They yeah. did that. Yeah. Is that it? Wow. Are you serious. Brutal. There's like, a sequel to that ouch. coming out. Oh, what? Have you not, seen the trailer? It's, it's really bad. So brutal looking. How does that oh. work? That was on before Avengers. How does the sequel work? Yeah. I didn't see the movie. I don't know. Maybe the guy... It's unbroken. Did he live? Did he not live? Unbroken. Was his life like shitty after the war too? Right. It's like he... It's a Christian thing. It's like... It's clearly like pumping up the religious message I, yeah. of it. I didn't oh, know there so was so much Jesus in that. Yeah. I don't, oh, know. I don't wow. know that there is in Unbroken. I haven't okay. seen that. Angelina Jolie Christian? I doubt it. She's probably like a... Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? The uh, the Jewish mysticism. Oh, right? Kabbalah. They're, yeah. They're all, they're all doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Hacksaw Ridge had so much christian yeah but he's obviously he's catholic right so i mean that's pretty extreme it's hard to watch (laughs) well like his dad is kind of an extremist like his dad is a holocaust denier yikes (laughs) yes yikes um so yeah a little uh, off track track. (laughs) but uh yeah so 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 the movie opens with like suburbicon is this town that's supposed to be like you know like the ideal thing and there's this like you know 1950s uh infomercial and like you get to the town and like the mailman is like walking around smiling ear to ear and then he gets to this house and there's a black woman and he stops dead in his tracks oh you it's you and then he goes then he goes off and like of course like the entire the entire neighborhood knows about it and it's like this becomes a recurring thing through the rest of the movie of this town being extremely racist. Um, and then, so Matt Damon's wife, um, their house is broken into while they're there. They all get chloroformed and his wife dies. And, um, so then the Matt Damon is called into the police station and his and his wife's sister, who is her twin, played by Julianne Moore, comes with the kid because the kid didn't want to be by himself. They go in to identify some people that they think might be the might be the murderers. Matt Damon and Julianne Moore look in there and they're like, "No, it's not him." But the kid is like, "They're right there!" Like he can't say anything because he's frozen with fear, but he's like looking at him. And, like, at one point they flip on the light and, like, the killers, like, look in and they can see them. And things get just weirder and stupider from there. Mm. And, like I said in my letterbox review, like, Oscar Isaac, like, I mean, he's pretty much great in everything. Um, He's an insurance investigator. And he's fantastic. But this is still a shit movie. Mm. And, like... 
I wanna I wanna like I kinda wanna go back and watch uh Good Night and Good Luck, the movie with David Strathairn about uh Edward R. Murrow, because I remember liking that movie. It's a yeah. good movie. But now like I don't know. Like oh, I'm a big fan of Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Okay. Also. I, like um, it. I like it. So Yeah. And it's funny because, like when I when I first found out that like uh like George Clooney is like basically like writing partner for life with Grant Heslov. And then I like looked up who that was and I was like, it's the, it's the guy's sidekick from Congo. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was Oscar nominated screenwriter. Grant Heslov. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not for this one though. No, not for this one. That sucks. Okay. Uh, I watched daughter of the dawn which is a uh, silent film from 1920 directed by some person. And uh, it was on Netflix and I watched it mainly because it was, uh, it's like cast with casted with real native Americans. Oh, and it's about native Americans. Okay. Which sounds, yeah, right. Like you're on board, (laughs) right? Right. Right. Unfortunately, it's not like, like it's just your generic like Hollywood love triangle movie and there's no like cool Indian stuff in it. Like I expected them to go like buffalo hunting and like actually see shit, like see uh, them doing stuff or like see like a medicine man doing some shit or like, you know, some kind of like authentic tribal action, but there's nothing. Like it's all just like story. It's all this there's a, a guy named Black Wolf who's super into the princess who's named Daughter of the Dawn because she was born with the sun rose. And there's another character named White Eagle. So it's like Black Wolf is bad. White Eagle is good. Uh, and White Eagle is like the hero of the film. And he's like, he wants her to. And the chief is trying to decide who to give his daughter to. And they have to like, not, they don't fight it out, but they like do all these like different uh, kind of like feats of strength almost. And like the one of them is that they have to jump off of a cliff. <laughs> and like onto the ground too. It's like not like they're jumping into a river or something. They're just like, yeah, jump off this cliff. If you have the guts to jump off this cliff, then you deserve wow. to marry my daughter. And they do. And Black Wolf jumps to like the the ledge right below it, so he like cheats. But then they all see him and they they call him a coward and they expel him from the tribe. And he goes to the uh, they're the Kiowa tribe, and he goes to the mm, Comanches or something, and uh, he gets them to like he gives them like inside information and like helps them ambush cause he wants to, st- and then he kidnaps the princess and mm. takes her to the TP and just like leaves her in there while he goes and does whatever. Like I said, it's so bizarre. Cause you know, it's like in reality, <laughs> wouldn't he go in the TP with her and like have his way with her or something like consummate this, you know, rape marriage that he's got going. But in, in, in this version of the film, he just puts her in there and he's like, tells the guard, like guard her with your life. And then he runs away. And uh, there's a little bit of a fracas at the end where they uh, <laughs> one tribe raids the other tribe's shanty town, whatever they call it, their village or whatever with teepees, and they kill a bunch of them. But it's you know very short and non-graphic, obviously, and kind of boring. And uh, mm. yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not as interesting as it seems going yeah. into it. Why didn't you rate this one? Just because I don't, I don't know enough about silent films to know if this is successful at being a silent film. Okay. I don't know. Have you seen this, John? I've not. It's uh, yeah. I don't. You know, I don't know. It does what it's like. It sh- looks like a silent film. I was telling my wife about. It. I was like, she because she was like, 
I fell asleep watching it the first night because, well, because it was like one in the morning and I was watching oh, right, Amelia right. and everything. But I did, I passed right out because you know it's like you shouldn't watch a silent movie while you're tired. But uh, and she was like, "No shit, you fell asleep. It looks like a boring piece of shit movie." <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, yeah." Uh, I said the weird thing about it is the thing that I noticed the most is that the the film like the language of the movie is so completely different than anything you see now. Like they don't. They have like no like there's hardly any editing involved like it's just like single take it's like a, a filmed play it's like a single take of this the action happening in the frame everything's in frame nothing's cut off like there's never a close up there's very rarely even like a medium shot of a person like it's almost always like two people standing in the frame head to toe talking to each other <laughs> and then the plates in between with the dialogue which Every one of them, no matter how long they are, 25 seconds on the oh, screen. I ended no. up fast-forwarding through the, the plates every time because I have an Apple TV, and so you just press it once, and it does 10 seconds forward. So I would just do 10 seconds forward twice every time. Because re- you read the thing in like three and a half seconds, you know? Right. You don't need that long to read it. <laughs> this sounds like it was not a good silent movie. Yeah. I mean, because some modern visual, visual like film language existed. Like, sure. Right, D.W. Griffith kind of did a lot of that stuff. Like he did close-ups, he did editing. Yeah. Well, I know, like they, there's that famous shot in uh, in Wings, like the dolly shot where it goes through all the different people and the tables and everything. But that's eight years later. But I mean, it's still silent, right? Isn't Wings silent? Yeah, but yeah. it's it's later. Even still, I well, I just I guess that's that's my ignorance again because I just lump all the silent films in with that one. Yeah, you know? I mean, <laughs> there, yeah. There are very few features, just like before 1920. Uh, I, D.W. Griffith being one of the exceptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not a, uh, opposed to watching silent cinema. I just like this one. I really thought this one was going to be more like, almost like a documentary that was kind of staged as a. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> just like showing assembling some kind of story out of documentary footage of <laughs> Indians being Indians, but it was yeah. it really wasn't that at all. Um, that exists, um, like the Robert J. Flaherty documentaries, like uh, Nanook of the North. Yeah, I've heard. Oh, of yeah, that. yeah, I've heard of that. That is, that is a story out of documentary footage, and, and you know he called it a straight documentary. I think yeah. there, there's some proof that uh, Flaherty was uh, manipulating a bunch of shit. Yeah, and but, apparently Nanook like was. I watched it not too long ago, and I think Nanook kind of he, he didn't really know what a movie was but he kind of knew what he was doing something mm. like he kind of like into like they they made a great spoof of it in uh the series documentary now where like um fred armison plays the nanook character and he's basic like and he like puts the uh the camera on the dog sled and like comes up with like all of these like techniques that are like you know years ahead of their time and it's it's really funny. Yes, yeah, so there's no there's no rating for me for Daughter okay. of the Dawn. Okay, Makes sense. And uh, that's all of my movies. Okay, then I'll uh, I'll make this my last one. Uh, I watched uh, Black Legion, which is another uh, early Humphrey Bogart starring movie, 1937. Um, I watched this because I love Michael Curtiz, the director mm. of Casablanca. I'm just like trying to watch most of the movies that he's involved with, and it turns out he only did like some uncredited reshoots. 
on this, but whatever. Archie Mayo was the uh, the main director. Uh, this is about a guy um, who gets involved with a KKK style group called the Black Legion. They're uh, you know African American people are never mentioned in this movie. They're they're all about hating like the foreigners, the uh, the Italians, Irish, the Polish. Yeah, um, yeah probably. Fuck but. the Irish. <laughs> so who are the sure. people? Irish need who not apply. They? Who are they? Yeah, they're just just fucking white guys. I don't <laughs> just like Polish people, German. I don't know. I mean, the, 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 <laughs> I mean, they're all immigrants at some point. Yeah, but, uh, but they don't. See they it that way, John. Yeah. That's they don't see <laughs> that way. They see themselves Irish as people. It's like, yeah. They, so like Humphrey Bogart is just like this. You know, he's like this charismatic dude who uh, gets passed over for a job at his uh, mm. factory. Uh, and he gets passed over because he's much less qualified than the person that got the job. But, you know, he's still butthurt about it. And, <laughs> you know, he's just like in a funk. And then one of his coworkers is like, hey, <laughs> you deserve that job. That foreigner didn't. Come join our foreigner? come join our weird group. What? Who is the foreigner that took it? Uh, his name's like Brodsky. Uh, I, don't, I don't know the Polish. actor's name. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Polak. <laughs> but, like, and he, you know, you know he's foreign because he's got a silly accent. Right. Um. So yeah, he just uh, is like, I'm gonna go join this group. They sound smart. He starts listening to like some very like, uh, it om- I mean, shit, some hate metal. It almost sounds like like <laughs> like Trump broadcasts, but oh. uh, just in, like a very 1930s radio voice. And like you just see Humphrey Bogart, just like, yeah, this is smart. I like this. They're murderers. They're rapists. <laughs> I mean, this is really hitting. Home. It is kind of like I mean, I it, they're. <laughs> I was to, I was surprised uh, to like hear so many or to see so many parallels to yeah kind of kind of the political climate now but um you know this is a uh, Bogart like gets into this group he burns his this this guy's previously his friend burns his house down uh, the Black Legion like kicks him out of town beats the shit out of this person uh, Bogart gets the this job he wanted but he is required by the black legion to start recruiting more people so gets gets demoted immediately for neglecting his job in favor of of recruiting starts drinking a lot wife leaves him the next guy that gets the job is also foreign so they go beat the shit out of him and is this like, like a pro like no, is no no humphrey bogart like a good guy in this no movie, I mean, humphrey bogart is like he's pathetic he okay. sucks and like the f- in the first scene he he's like he's great he's just like everyone loves him he's got a great home life but like not getting this job just like fucks him up and he changes and he sucks because like uh, yeah like he he ruins his life up like he he ruins his he life ruins up. it right he up ruins he it up <laughs> it just yeah he just he he fucks everything up like piece by piece you see his life falling apart um and that's the first hour of the movie then he accidentally kills his he takes his friend out to beat him up because he just like he's just like, determined to beat up all of his friends at work. <laughs> and then like the friend runs away and he's like, "If you run away, I'll shoot you." And then he shoots him. Had to be done. <laughs> it's, just, it's ridiculous. Uh, this is apparently based on some true story, uh. Uh, but whatever. Um, and then of course, and, like this is again, this all happens in an hour, which is pretty wow. It's pretty ridiculously paced, and it's. You know, it's, it's weird to call it entertaining. It's weird to call Humphrey Bogart throwing his life away entertaining, but <laughs> I mean, it, it's like an exciting movie. Oh. Um, and then we go to trial for the last twenty minutes, and I could you I love could trials. fucking kill myself. <laughs> oh yeah, at a trial, I watched. 
I watched a lot of trials this week. This trial gonna, seems so good. He has put a he put a thing about it in his letterbox review. Yeah, I actually watched another movie this week that involved uh, Humphrey Bogart as the lawyer in a trial, which is a better movie. But what was that? Marked Woman. Okay. Also another Curtis movie. Cool. But uh, this, um, yeah, movie stops dead in his tracks. Twenty minutes of a trial. There's, I just I don't know. It should have been ten minutes. Ten minutes more of a trial scene. This shouldn't have been twenty-five. Mm. And then uh, a judge, you know, gives the audience and the the Black Legion a nice little lecture about constitutional rights and what makes us Americans, and that's all fine and good, but it's a stupid it's a stupid way to end a movie. Um, it's a nice juicy moral at the end of the story. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'm you know I'm definitely for that moral, just not for a judge that I just met delivering it to me. <laughs> right. Um, but he's wearing a black robe, so he's yeah important. I did not mean to watch all these trial movies. I also watched uh, the Changeling, like uh, oh, a yeah. Changeling. The oh yeah, Clint Eastwood movie. Right. Yeah. And that trial scene sucks too. <laughs> Just like, I'm sure there are good trial scenes that I can't remember right now. Like, time to kill. Yeah. What? Uh, time to kill. A time to kill. Have I seen that? What Matthew is, oh. McConaughey, where he like does the. Uh, at the end of it, he does the. Uh, he tells all the jurors to close their eyes. And he like describes the the rape of, of that girl. Yeah, that and would he says, fly in court. And then he's like, "Now I want you to imagine that girl is white." And everybody starts like crying and shit. <laughs> and then they find Samuel Jackson not guilty of blowing the kneecap off that guy. Bernie. Bernie has a fun trial. Oh, that is fun. <laughs> <laughs> liar, liar. Great yeah, trials, yeah, yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So trials need to be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or and not then, and then, the uh, justice system isn't serious, so why are we <laughs> also like yeah, uh, serious movies about it? Having uh, talked about the staircase recently, staircase has some good. Uh, I've never seen that. It, I don't think there's in, there's in trial stuff necessarily, but there's there's a great scene in it where uh, the lawyer coaches him on how to behave and the, under under oath and everything, and like how to what to say and what not to say. It's a really right. fantastic scene. Would you give that uh, that one uh, three point two five? Which you know feels like it should be lower, but I really did like that first hour. And uh, I really liked really liked Bogey in this Bogey before he was Bogey, right? I think that that's I guess we call it like high Sierra nineteen forty one when Bogey became Bogey. So or singing Mal- before that's interesting. Maltese Falcon. Um, well, wasn't that wasn't that after high Sierra? I'm not sure. Let me see. Jonathan, <laughs> oh, I'm out. <laughs> Kevin, I'm also I'm out. out. All right, we're all out. Um, let's move on to our deep dive. Layer of the White Worm from 1988, directed by Ken Russell. Uh, my first time seeing this one, Jonathan. Same here, first time. And obviously Kevin had seen this, and John had seen so, this. Yeah, rewatch. Uh, so I guess uh, I'll, I'll 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 start with this thing. Um, this is my fourth <laughs> Ken Russell movie, and the latest Ken Russell movie that I've seen by mm-hmm. uh, by a lot by a lot of years. It was actually a lot later than I remembered it being. Mm-hmm. I thought it was early, I thought it was earlier in the eighties, but no, it was eighty eight. Um, this is uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I don't, I don't, I don't want to come across that this movie is okay in the language of today's uh, Facebook and Twitter critics. 
there's way too much of the use of the words bonkers and batshit crazy. Oh, God, bonkers. And this movie, I would not describe as either one of those at all. Like, I don't think it comes close to being, like, crazy or weird or anything. It's, like, it's very straightforward with what it's trying to do. Yeah, there's and some there's some parts where it's like okay, that's I mean, just stuff. like the yeah, yeah. I mean, but, the, uh, the vision stuff is the only part that you could even say, which is I yeah, yeah. being loved, love that shit. I so, need to watch more. Does Ken Russell do more of that shit and other stuff besides uh, altered states? Altered states. Yeah. Uh, Devils. I don't know. Does he do it in Devils? You know, I, I didn't watch. I didn't oh, see yeah. Devils. Okay. Yeah. Uh, see more Devils seems like the kind of movie that would have. Yeah, more but I don't think there's a lot of that in Devil. Goth- Devils is just uh, Gothic has weird imagery. There you go. Yeah, it's yeah. like the exact same in altered states. It's like almost the same. Well, except this is, looks like it's like shot on videotape or something. Yeah, so, yeah it probably was. But uh, so I wouldn't say like I don't want to give this movie credit as being like you know it's so crazy. It's such a weird oddity that you need to see. Uh, it's really just like a pretty generic B movie. To, to me anyways it's how it plays and mm. um i don't really think it has a lot going for it in terms of like anything i don't think it's very yeah. i think it's kind of poorly shoddily directed actually which is weird because i think ken russell has a really good grasp on like how to shoot a scene and how to make it interesting but on this one it's just like it feels like he was pressed for time or something and he's shooting a lot of scenes just like these super long takes that are almost like static like like the there's that sh- scene early on where uh peter capaldi and the girl are walking through the forest at night or whatever and they're talking and it's literally yeah. just like them walking and talking for like 10 solid minutes and there's like no cut in the scene they walk over a tree and they're like talking near the tree and they keep walking and it's just like it just feels very like cheaply put together almost and I mean, obviously the uh, the the videotape looking visions doesn't help with the cheapness. Uh, not that I don't think that looks. I think it's an interesting choice if that mm. is what they did, and it certainly looks bizarre. But um, I don't know. It almost feels like Ken Russell was expected to put to to deliver something like that, and so he did. It doesn't really feel like it's necessary for this movie. Yeah, and. I guess it's based on a Bram Stoker novel or novella, I guess. So. Yeah. I mean, the whole story for me feels like B movie esque. You know, it's like, yeah, it's pretty well, ridiculous. I mean, like, if, if you say the words of the story out loud, yeah, you, you I mean, sound yeah. it's ridiculous. Like, so I, yeah, give, I yeah. give it a lot of leeway with like the cheapness or the you know cheesy stuff. Yeah, but I mean, you yeah. can. But I mean, there's. Uh, I don't. I don't think that. I. Oh, yeah, that's. I don't fine. think it's very serious. That's, that's fine. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not serious. But that's <laughs> fine that you don't. You don't count out for that. But I. I do because. Dread is a B movie, and it's elevated. It's all. It's like you. El- you could. There's a way to elevate material. It doesn't matter how ridiculous a story is. Like I, I mean. Yeah, but that's kind of a stretch. And I mean, Russell. Is, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Excuse me. Russell has other. Uh, movies that should you know play like B movies. And, and I think they're more competently directed, mm-hmm. like uh, like Gothic, which I I, mm-hmm. I watched that this week also. But that's like I don't like the story of that movie nearly as much. But it does the production value is better, and it just it, he seems to be more on his game. Yeah, with the way it's this put is together. more like yeah. Army of Darkness for me. Like it's like yeah, it's I like I mean that. not that far, but like it's well, a, yeah, it looks cheap. It's kind of cheesy. Yeah, it's kind of funny. 
and it's I don't know. It's just oh, like, I feel like it it's lacks that kind of movie. That's know. yeah, that's fine. I, I feel personally, it lacks any charm that arm something like Army of Darkness would have, and I don't find it funny. Army of Darkness has a lot of charm, but uh, yeah. yeah, like yeah. I honestly like going back and watching this. Like I remembered it being bad. I didn't remember it being this bad. It was <laughs> like uh, like the the girls, whew, they're fucking awful. Yeah, some of the first dialogue when it first started, I was like, oh no, you, this you is like gonna them? be not all of them. <laughs> but, yeah. Which one? I liked Amanda Donahue. I think she's fine. I mean, she's fine. She's very over the top, but like she's playing that part. That's all right. She's yeah, fine. I, mean, I, mean, I meant the the two girls that are you know um, um, the gatekeepers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. Sammy Davis's voice is a nightmare from hell. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Capaldi. Like, his his accent is is so thick. It's very <laughs> thick. And uh, yeah, like and he's unrecognizable too. Like when I saw him at the beginning, I'm like, so is that hair. is that Hugh yeah. Grant? I was like, who who is this guy? Yeah, I thought yeah. Peter Capaldi's in this, and I was like, oh fuck, that's Peter Capaldi. Like he looks Peter Capaldi, totally yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Then and, he does, uh, you know, thirty years later. <laughs> yeah, and like uh, Stratford Johns as the the butler and uh, the cop. <laughs> yeah, like, the cop with the weird eye. That was, yeah, that was, yeah. That was, yeah, I don't know. It's strange. It's just, <laughs> it just feels like it's attempting at kind of like comedic effect with some of these things, and I, I don't know. I yeah, just didn't find yeah. it funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Even as a fan of British humor, it was like. <laughs> What? That's what I thought. Oh, I was watching. So I was like, "Oh, I was like, oh, Kevin must love this because everybody has a British accent and they're trying to be funny, and he probably finds this very funny because it's British." No, I mean, Kevin just you know he just <laughs> he eats that shit up, you know. <laughs> uh, no, not this time. Uh, I think uh, it 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 has to be said that Hugh Grant looks exactly like Billy Zane. I mean, is this is this is this not fair? Every time I saw him, I was like, "Fucking Billy Zane!" He looks like Billy Zane with the tuxedo for sure. Every time I saw him, he looked like Billy Zane. Like his uh, like the curvature of his nose and his lips. Like I, was, like, it's bizarre how much uh, he looks like Billy Zane. But anyway, that's that's a you know that's not even a nitpick. It's just an observation, right? Um, yeah, uh, you know, I. I kind of like the marker erection part where he had the marker and he like lifted up like he was getting an erection. That was kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, that was... Uh, uh, <laughs> one of my notes for this uh, movie just says layer of the penis. Yeah. <laughs> layer of the penis um, stabbing. Even even Hugh yeah. Grant's car is shaped like a penis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty There's ridiculous. so many dicks in this movie. Uh, good. Yeah. Layer of the, good. You know, the white worm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, everything about it. Every, there's a penis in every scene, I think. Pretty much. And uh, Amanda Donahoe, I mean, yeah, she's fine in it. Uh, but, uh, nah, certainly an attractive woman. But mm. what's with her teeth? Are her teeth actually like that? Are they stained yellow like that? Or is that part That's of the That's a British movie? thing, man. Is it? Yeah, sure it is. I don't think... <laughs> I don't remember her teeth being like that in Rainbow. Another, I don't remember the movie like that in Frasier, so that's why, yeah. I, that's why I, that's why I don't think... Frasier is like five years later, but Yeah, still. yeah. He's a teeth teeth waiting. I think they were made yeah, to yeah. look that way for this movie. Okay. Because, I mean, she's certainly uh, appealing well, she's supposed to be otherwise. Like a thousand years yeah. old or some shit, right? Yeah, yeah but she's immortal, immortal though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, her teeth are gonna she doesn't look have fucking a, gross as shit after 2,000 years. Well, her boobs would, too, but they look amazing, so how you explain that? Well, no, stuff stains your teeth, I guess. I don't know. No, uh, you don't know. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, well, I, I uh, where did uh, maybe I missed this, but because I I did watch this in spurts, like at two in the morning, passing out in between sections of it. But uh, that would be a disturbing thing to see at two o'clock in the morning. It, it really wasn't. I was just kind of like, you know, okay. let's get through this thing. I got to watch it for the show. <laughs> right. uh, where did Capaldi get the hand grenade at the end? Did he just like 
pull it out of his ass or what? I think he probably pulled it out of his ass. He just all of a sudden has a hand grenade. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is going yeah. on? Like, did I miss, like, he raided a military base or something? Like, yeah, I also don't, don't remember that, but it feels like it had to have come from Hugh Grant's house at mm. some point. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just very, I just remember being like, where did he get this grenade? This movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and especially like the the very end where like she's been, she the girls hanged over like the opening to the mm-hmm. lair, where it's like, all right, we just step back into the late '60s and now we're in a James <laughs> Bond movie. Sure, a bad James Bond movie. I'm gonna go to bat a little bit for this movie. Okay, go ahead. Um, okay, there are parts I did find charming. Like, I, I like how. Um, like Russell makes his intentions very clear at the beginning of this movie where they're digging up the skull for the first time and just there is a quick cut to Sammy Davis stepping on a white hose and yeah. there's just like a blast of horror score Yeah, and it's just like oh this is a horror movie this foreshadows nothing except <laughs> that there's something white and it's a hose and maybe it looks like a snake but that they do that a couple times in the movie mm. uh, like at one point Hugh Grant or one of the, one of the girls with Hugh Grant like steps on a vacuum hose yeah. and do the right, same thing yeah. and just like that's it's, she has the it's vision very it, silly um yeah then, yeah she yeah. she touches the venom on the cross and when yeah. she trips back she yeah trips on the vacuum and that's kind of cool i, I kind of like that yeah. i kind of like where she touches the venom and I, like that's what triggers the vision yeah so it's kind of a cool idea i do like again i you know there you can complain about ken russell's directing this movie and and i would but uh he definitely has a, a visual mo- motif going on here. Um, white penises. Stepping on phallic objects. Stepping on them. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the... Uh, There's something like, about feminism in there somewhere. Women stepping on white dicks. Yeah. And then the horror score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> while, uh, you know, while the exposition at the beginning of this movie is coming just, like, fast and heavy for the first, like, 15 minutes... Mm-hmm. Um, out of that, we get a wonderful song at a party. Yeah, and no, I I could listen no, to that. No, no, I, no, I have no. listened to it since oh, no, I watched no, the movie. No, 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 no. I really like that's, the White Worm song. That's horrible. <laughs> that was so brutal. Damp- Dampton's Worm. Or <laughs> oh God, could, it's great, and you know no, it. Oh Jesus Christ! I was really hoping that was a real band that I could look up and download all their music. <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, uh, turns out it was just like a guy that composed the song and whoever else was with him but yeah it's actually bummed yeah it's actually an old old song is uh yeah yeah but this you know this movie has like the most ridiculous fucking backstory it's convoluted there's like we're mixing like ancient pagan shit with like roman shit and vampire shit and religion (laughs) like christian shit and it's like it's a mess but i also found that just like really fun and that and that's what create like I think he did all that just so he can have the ridiculous vision sequences with yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nu- naked nuns and yes. crucified Jesus and snakes wrapping around Seems very everybody. Much a vehicle and, for those. Yeah. Right, right. And even like <laughs> like the fucking the plane vision which like <laughs> yeah. came out of nowhere. <laughs> like everything is like this old timey religious shit and then we're just we're on a plane with <laughs> a, hot, it- a hot stewardess uh Pouring liquid into dead bodies is uh, <laughs> for joining the Mile High Club. Yeah, yeah it was a uh, it was weird. All right, <laughs> I guess. Um, 
I actually liked Hugh Grant in this. I thought he was probably the, the best actor in in the movie. Yeah, he's probably the, yeah he's probably the best actor in the movie. It, it, Capal- right. At least Capaldi was not a great actor at this point. Not at this point, no. He yeah. I was surprised they kind of set him up to be a hero. Like he's the one. Yeah, like, yeah. His family has the sword, and he gets to use that sword. Yes. But then they, like, find somewhere else for him to go for the climax, and he's not there at all. Yeah. Just just weird. It's a weird choice. Yeah. <laughs> I hate this movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm actually, I'm out. I'm completely out of notes for it. <laughs> so it's like, it was like, Hugh Grant looks like Billy Zane, and where did Capaldi get the grenade from? That's all I got. Well, uh, um, you don't want to talk about the bagpipe scene at all? We could talk about anything you want, man. Yeah, the uh, you weren't in love with that. I hated scene? that shit. Yes. I hated the snake <laughs> charmer. I also yeah, that's yeah. brutal. I actually forgot about that. You just mentioned it. Yeah, when uh, when it's horrible when Amanda Donahoe comes out of the uh, like the giant vase. That's another scene. <laughs> that's another thing. Like that, another one of these scenes where it just felt like they didn't take any time to like. Let's think about how to shoot this scene. It's just like oh, let's just fucking shoot it. Like when when she's getting uh, summoned out of the out of her house. And like it literally just follows her all the way across the room, out the door, and then it just like in the window you see them like peering through the window, and they just sneak in, and it's all one shot. It's just like such a boring way to shoot that. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so. Oh man, it's just like any time they could have done anything remotely interesting, they decided to. Uh, you know, let's just get the shit done. Probably take I mean, about nine days to shoot this thing. <laughs> it may have because like, they, I, it's like I think a, the like, phone booth of its day. <laughs> yeah, like I think Ken Russell was just like. Uh, was it Vestron Vectron Pictures? Mm-hmm. He was under contract with him, and he had to do like he wanted to do more. his prequel to Women in Love or whatever. Is that right? I read something about that. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, Rain- the Rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah, yeah, and they agreed to do it if he would make this movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So Which, you can tell he's his heart's not with this one. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think that's that's probably a well, obvious he, reason why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, Amanda Donahue and Sammy Davis are both in the Rainbow. Yeah, and that was uh, I just he should. I don't know why he decided to invest so heavily in the Sammy Davis game. <laughs> Is that am I saying her name right? Yeah, Sammy Davis. Yeah, Sammy Davis. Sammy Davis. Sam, oh, Sammy. Sorry, <laughs> Sammy Davis. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I had one more thing I really liked that I wanted to uh, to shove in your faces, but I can't uh, remember what it was. What did you guys think of the uh, the the worm itself when they, they finally show like it at shit. the end? Yeah. Talk about bad special effects. Like, oh, yeah. that looked terrible. You, you had to know that was coming, though, like, based on the rest of this movie. You yeah, knew the one was going to yeah. look like shit. Yeah. I, I didn't know what it would look like. I wasn't really thinking about it, but when it happened, I was just like, yeah, it's par for the course. It looks like, looks terrible. Really uninspired visuals. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, I, I really, do, I mean, I'll say this, I, uh, all the makeup for, uh, Donahoe, like when she's a snake woman and she has like the huge fangs. Like I like the huge fangs, like uh-huh. how they're like three inches long and shit. That's right. kind of cool. And like I said, I like how she spits venom at the cross because she just hates God. You know, she's like an anti. She's like a must be pagan. You know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The cross is evil. Kind of cool. But aside from that, this is a train wreck and not in a fun way. So, um, I read. I don't know if this is true or not. It's like IMDb trivia. Um, I read that Tilda Swinton was originally cast yeah. in the Amanda oh, Donahue yeah. role. Yeah, with better movie with Tilda Swinton or not? Hard to say. I don't know what she was like back then. 
Yeah, I guess I don't either. How what was she in? I mean, mm. was she even in movies in 1988? I don't even know. Yeah, she's been around for a long time. I'm not a, um, I'm not like huge on Tilda Swinton though. I mean, I'm not one of these people. Like, uh, I know a lot of these, you know, like hipster film fans are just like they get jizz in their pants about <laughs> Tilda Swinton, but I mean, yeah. she's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to jizz in my pants, but you might. I, I like her. <laughs> you know. I like I mean, I like her. I don't I'm just not one of like I like I when I okay like comparing redheads she's no Chastain well (laughs) Jesus Christ Uh, (laughs) I mean like uh, Snowpiercer like I didn't I don't find her good in Snowpiercer I know a lot of people think that that's like really good she's so good in that it's so fun it's uh, it's fucking terrible it's lame I don't like it I don't like it John (laughs) you're just Snowpiercer's not a very good movie just like listen to people be so wrong you know. And you like Chastain. Listen to you. I'm just fucking about Chastain. Fucking Chastain over here. Chastain. The Help, the help is a really good movie. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Jesus. Please uh, uh, edit that part out. I was kidding. Nope. And I just I don't want that's anyone going, to. That's, we're going to edit everything else out and just put that in. Right. Two-hour loop. The Help is a really good movie. <laughs> it's a piece of shit. I All like right. Snowpiercer, though. Oh. So I don't, you know. God, I just, I didn't know, well, actually, I knew John was going to hate this movie. I don't, you know, just. Thank you. <laughs> just because, you know, mostly because it's not very good, but. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, um, do you um, have thoughts? Uh, Yeah, I don't really. It's all right. Okay. okay I'd, I'd give it like a two and a half. Oh, okay. ratings? Okay. It was, watch- <laughs> it was watchable. Uh, not really my thing, though, except for the okay. visions. That was the shit. Hmm whole movie of visions might be something. yeah i mean like seriously if it was like an hour and a half of the visions i mean I, how fucking amazing would that be i just now realized that they put hugh grant in like a pilot outfit for half the movie yeah. just for that plain vision right. right yeah it's like why did they do that <laughs> yeah it's just hugh grant's a guy that just walks around in a pilot's outfit i know he could be like a. Wilhelm II, the Kaiser of Germany, like apparently he had like 300 different kinds of uh, military dress outfits and would like change them like 12 times a day. <laughs> so why not? Fun. Uh, out of five, Kevin? Uh, I'm going to go two. I'm going one. Damn. I'm going uh, 3.25. And uh, <laughs> you love you this know? thing. <laughs> <laughs> I I really think they um there's like a there's like 40 minutes in the middle that aren't interesting enough except for the visions but uh I, you know I think it's fun and if you're uh, kind of on the fence about Ken Russell give him give him another shot <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not his best work and he he does some good stuff uh, All right well um moving on to uh our feedback we had some feedback from Rustin writing back in. Uh, first off, special thanks to Kevin for Sega Genesis donation. Much appreciated, man. Haven't tried it out yet, but will soon. Been wrapped up in God of War lately. <laughs> Since John L. is back, I was wondering if he could answer the feedback question he was absent from a couple of weeks ago. What is the expensive collectible film you own? Uh, what is the most expensive collectible film you own and what format? Hope everything is doing well. And again, congratulations. Peace, Rustin. Uh, my most expensive movie is uh, The Milky Way Criterion DVD, which I think I spent $60 on. 
Oh, I didn't didn't know that was out of print. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you could probably find it cheaper, but I mm. bought it on eBay at that time. I don't know; it was expensive. Hmm. Really wanted to see it. Uh, didn't uh, wasn't savvy enough to just stream shit or download shit, so I just went ahead and bought it, and I had money at the time, so did it. Huh. And I mean, outside of that, you know, I own like the uh, I have the JFK, like the special fiftieth anniversary JFK box set blu-ray thing but i didn't mm. buy it so i don't know how much it's worth my my wife got it for me um yeah so that that would that'd probably be it cool um then we have a second piece from a uh, second piece of feedback from jordan former host of our show uh he left disgraced uh, <laughs> after episode 10 <laughs> he writes in saying hey what are your top 10 movies set in new york Stole this idea from Letterboxd, Big Apple Showdown. Here's my list, and here's his list. Number one, Taxi Driver. Number two, Do the Right Thing. Number three, Midnight Cowboy. Number four, Lewin Davis. Number five, Francis Ha. Number six, Stranger Than Paradise. Number seven, On the Waterfront. Number eight, Vanilla Sky. And number nine, Birdman. And number ten, The Meyerowitz Stories. Kind of a... Uh, King of New York? What the fuck? Kind of a strange list, actually. I, yeah. I, I mean, not to rag on him, but I like, I like that list. I like the list. I like I like right. almost every movie on this list, but it's just a weird like. There's a lot of like pretty recent shit on here, like like Birdman and Meyerowitz stories being on there is kind of strange. I yeah. think. and I would oh. dispute. Glossed uh, over Birdman. Fucking hate Birdman. <laughs> I would dispute Stranger Than Paradise because like some in of Jersey, it takes place you know? in New York, but a lot of it takes place um, on the road and in yeah, Ohio yeah. and Florida. So. so on the waterfront is in Jersey also. Mm. So mm. kind of debatable whether you've actually got 10 New York movies there, Jordan, but uh, <laughs> good try, you know? <laughs> uh, so I have a, I have a, a funny joke list of movies, <laughs> but I won't read that. I'll just read my <laughs> actual list. Uh, uh, I also think do the right thing belongs on there. Uh, Bad Lieutenant, the Abel Ferreira film, uh, Blast of Silence, who, which is directed by someone I don't know. Do you know who directed Blast of Silence? I don't. It's a great, it's a great movie. Great though. New York movie. Uh, it's like authentic New York in the '40s. Good Time, I think, needs to be mentioned. Uh, Gangs of New York, Taxi Driver, Bringing mm-hmm. Out the Dead, A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints. If you're looking for New York in the '80s, it's great great movie carlito's way for new york in the 70s uh as good as it gets for kind of a upper west side uh rich person new york mm-hmm. marathon man for gritty 70s new york i was gonna bring up that one and yeah. uh kids for gritty's 90 new york 90s new york yeah, i was gonna say kids those yeah. are those would be and then my joke list was like jason takes manhattan and yeah <laughs> the avengers you know mm-hmm. <laughs> we're back a dinosaur too yeah <laughs> Anybody else? Great movies in New York. Uh, Manchurian Candidate, uh, The Apartment. Um, Let's see. I had a list that I wrote down. Hang on a sec. Let me see if I can find it. Jonathan. Taxi Driver, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Kids. Um, King of New York. King of New York is definitely. Um, I need to rewatch it, but I used to. I mean, used to fucking love that movie. It's a great Um, movie. Yeah, I don't know. Ones that haven't been mentioned, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's hard to... They've kind of all been mentioned. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i having trouble thinking of single movies, but like <laughs> you mentioned Taxi Driver. Like Martin Scorsese, 
like his name just pops up and you mentioned film set in New York uh, same with like Woody Allen yeah and even uh, you know to some extent Francis Ford Coppola with The Godfather New York mm-hmm. Stories uh, I no. like the Scorsese one. It's very good. Uh, have you? Have you seen stories? You don't like Scorsese one on that one with Nick Nolte? I remember, Scorsese it. Maybe I remember oh, hating yeah. the Allen one. <laughs> the oh, I I don't mind the Woody Allen one. The one that's truly awful is the Coppola one. It's an abomination. <laughs> have you guys seen the uh, Taking of the Pelham One Two Three train movie subway movie? No. Uh, which the remake or the one with no. Walter Matthau? <laughs> Walter Matthau. What? No, I haven't seen either one of them. Kind of asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Scott, man. <laughs> no, uh, I haven't seen the remake, but uh, I really like the uh, the first one. I guess you know that's like a cool subway movie. Yeah. Isn't the villain in that the guy from Jaws? No, who's the Robert villain? Shaw? Isn't it yes, Robert Shaw? It Robert yeah, Shaw. That's what I oh, okay. Godzilla. Yeah. Not set in New York. Uh, the the remake is yeah yeah nineteen ninety seven the Emmerich film <laughs> yeah uh, day after tomorrow Independence that's, that's Day a, <laughs> yeah <laughs> part of it's in New York these are fantastic uh, films you guys are you guys I remember you guys were like super into uh, Escape from New York right oh they oh, are yeah, yeah, they yeah. are into Escape we were New into York. it yeah. it's a piece uh, of shit he hates it <laughs> yeah beyond belief see I got uh, the apartment uh, sweet smell of success Manchurian Candidate Marathon Man an American Tale, and The Fisher King. Oh yeah, forgot about The Fisher King. Yeah. New York, Seinfeld. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, New York, New, New York. York by Martin Scorsese. I mean, Eyes Wide Shut, King of for, uh, Back New Back York. Lot. Uh, New York has yeah, to have like more movies set there than streets? anywhere else, right? Probably Maybe I'm L.A. Sure. Yeah, no, more than L.A. Okay. Yeah, no yeah, fucking yeah. way. No even competition. I don't think. Yeah, it's more. Well, I guess it's because it's more of a character to itself. So you like when a movie's shot in L.A., you don't necessarily know it's shot in L.A. Right. Best movie right. shot in L.A. Heat. Yeah, that's not the heat. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. So it's like the L.A. movie. Yeah. <laughs> La La Land. <laughs> I still need to rewatch Collateral. Collateral too. That's good. Right. Yeah, that's all right. So Michael Mann movies. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, other <laughs> films other uh films where the city is a character or the city is very prominently featured zodiac san francisco chicago. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the movie chicago <laughs> the <laughs> uh see the well, fuck chicago yeah fuck chicago <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna have a thought but then i just realized atl fuck chicago they have nasty pizza the, never saw atl i didn't either but it's uh, set in Atlanta. i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, um, there's a terrible movie that came out a couple of years ago called Triple Nine that's set in Atlanta. Mm. Mm. And, Is that uh, the John Hellcoat movie? Yeah. It's brutal. <laughs> brutal. Bad Lieutenant Protocol. New Orleans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's very New Orleans-y. There's a lot of like different parts of New Orleans shot in that. That's pretty there, good. Yeah. There aren't a lot of good Miami New Orleans Vice. movies. No. The Big I mean, Easy with Dennis Quaid? Not a good New Orleans movie. <laughs> Cat People. Thanks for the remake. Angel Thanks, Heart. Thanks for making everyone think. We Have you seen like Angel that. Heart? Yeah. Is that said New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's yeah. Oh. Have you seen Angel Heart? No. Have you seen Angel no. Heart? Is it good? I haven't seen it since I was young, but I I remember. <laughs> you can see you can see those wheels turning. Oh, I yeah. love. I I'm a big Alan Parker fan, so like oh, yeah. pretty much anything he's he does, I'm I'm even I even like have a soft spot for Life of David Gale. Uh, which is 
you know, kind of a silly movie, but I, I, yeah. I don't know. It's not I really bad. like Midnight Express. I like Midnight Express. I love Mississippi Burning, mm. and uh, yeah, and the, even like The Wall is you know yeah, interesting yeah, and God. fun. Don't make me watch that again. Don't the Wall? Me, no, don't make me watch Mississippi Burning. Uh-huh. <laughs> Get ready, John. <laughs> I'm, just <gonna laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, well, that's gonna do it for our show. Uh, next week. Oh, I'm sorry. If you want to get in touch with us, feedback at filmiacpodcast.com. Visit our website at filmiacpodcast.com. We have a blog there at filmiacpodcast.com. Check it out. What is and our film for next week? Our film for next week is my pick, mm-hmm. which is... Which is... I'm just kidding. Uh, which is um, a movie that we're going to watch... I haven't decided yet. I'll be perfectly honest, but I have a, I have it oh, narrowed down. Fuck. Wait, let's flip a coin. No, it's going to be I'm more. Very nervous. It's right going to be more like uh, what were we just talking about? I'm not going to tell you. No, what movie? Not not that one. <laughs> New York movies. No, the other thing. Alan Parker or something. Oh, that's right. Angel Heart. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, right, right. That's in my list of potentials. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do want to rewatch Angel Heart pretty bad, but um, okay. I think it's. Uh, what are the choices? Well, I have a lot of choices, man. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff on here. You just want me to read them all out? Read them all out. King yeah. of New York is on the yes, list. Yes, I want to watch okay, that. Okay, just, just relax. <laughs> Shadow of the Vampire, the nah. Elias Marriage film. Have you seen this? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, see, this is the problem with having John on the show. He's seen everything. See, so it's like, how can you pick he something? He hasn't John, seen Julian, don't John, I know. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I don't want to put him through that because he, he just watched Trash Humpers and hated it. I don't want to, like, overdo it. Did you see Spring Breakers? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene. Yeah. Uh, Match Point, the yeah. Woody Allen film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Planet of the Apes. Obviously, everybody's seen Planet of the Apes. Wild Bill, the Walter Hill film. Yeah. Okay. Synecdoche, New York. Obviously, yeah. everybody's seen Synecdoche, New York. Ricochet. No. Ricochet? What's that? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Have you seen Ricochet? No. Next week, we're going to watch Ricochet, which is uh, directed by Russell Mulcahy. It's a, a action thriller starring John Lithgow and Dennis Denzel Washington from uh, 1991, 92. Uh-oh. This sounds like we're going to have two bad movies in a row. <laughs> <laughs> if it's anything like The Fan, we're, we're fucked. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Was The Fan Mulcahy? No. Tony Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 1991, Russell Mulcahy. Uh, this movie, I love this movie. Okay. So I don't. You've I, seen it I've seen it in the last two years, and I and you still it. think it's amazing. It's a five out of five. No, it's not a five out of five, but it's it's above okay. four. Okay, it's above four. Yeah. Okay, it's definitely. I mean, there's there's literally I have one problem with this movie, and it's. Oh, we'll talk what about is, it. But what is the yeah. plot. It's a summary. Uh, summary is after tracking down and arresting Earl Talbot Blake, played by John Lithgow, a psychotic hitman, rookie Los Angeles police officer Nick Styles is hailed as a hero. Several years later, Styles' life appears perfect. He has married his girlfriend, started a family, and risen to the position of assistant DA. However, his world is turned upside down when Blick escapes from prison with plans to exact brutal and well-calculated revenge. A little bit of a Cape Fear situation going on, but uh, very, very, very good to me. I like this movie a lot. So, Check out Ricochet. Uh, for next time and uh, we're probably going to take a week off so it's probably going to be two weeks from now that we record the episode for the episode for Ricochet but um, yeah hope to see you then 